All right. Welcome back. Today's episode, I've got Big Will with me from the Steelworkers Local 1010, Cold Strip, former crane operator. Now he's on the uh, Cal. So anyway, uh, Will's into cigars. He's got a pretty interesting past, um, and we get into that right away. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me or give me any feedback, uh, ideas, anything like that, suggestions, uh, tell me to fuck off, whatever, uh, Brian at the com. B-R-I-A-N at the com. Send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. All that good stuff. Uh, that's about it. So enjoy the show. All right. This is a uh, Patina Bronze, Connecticut. Okay. I haven't had a patina in a while. I haven't had this one yet either. The other two that I've had have been pretty good. So here, give it a shot. Okay. Yeah, I never had a patina before. Uh, I think I, um, the main like cigars that been my go-tos lately or pretty much always have been uh, Perdomo Champagnes and Monte Cristo White Series. Yeah. So you, you get along pretty well with uh, McDonald. Mike oh, McDonald, yeah. 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 He's a... Uh, it's a big fan of the uh, Perdomo champagne okay. specifically. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so you've never had patina. So broaden the horizons a little bit. Um, we're drinking some Woodford Reserve Double Oak. You just throw it in a, either on the floor or in the ashtray, whatever. So, uh. Um. So, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Brian from the Herfcast, and today I've got uh, Big Will. Uh, Big Will, I know him from uh, the cranes at the steel mill. Mm-hmm. You've been there for how long now? Um, three years. I started November. Well, it's coming up on three years. I started yeah. November in 18, so. So, I'm a year after you because I started October 1st. In 2019. Okay. Or no, no, I, I was 2018. You had to start before that, right? You got a, uh, you got some time on me. <laughs> now, now we're gonna have a, a whole other situation. Uh, no, I think 18. Wait, yeah, you're right. I started, no, you had I started 17? 17. Okay. Yeah, my daughter's birthday is in 18. That makes more sense. Wow. Yeah. Time so flies. Ca- yeah, it does. <laughs> That's crazy. Coming up on four years. Yeah. That makes more sense. Wow. So. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm sure uh, everybody assumes it when they see you because, uh, you know, if you couldn't elude, you know, I called you Big Will. Will is what six eight? Six five. Six five. All right, so six five. He's a tall dude. Uh, but before the mill, you played professional basketball in the European leagues, correct? Yes. So, was it Switzerland? No, I played Sweden, Sweden, Finland, um, France, Australia. Luxembourg, Slovakia. No shit. Yeah. 
I didn't know it was uh, that worldwide. Yeah, I played all around. Um, yeah, played all around. It's, it was great. It was a great experience, man. I, yeah, being able to travel and still see so many different people, I think yeah. it's probably more fun than the basketball part of it. Like, I've met yeah. a lot of awesome people in my life, you know. And, uh, man, I'm just happy I got the chance to experience in basketball. Paid, paid for it all. <laughs> yeah. So how long how long were you playing overseas? So I played from 2009. Okay. So I started so I started the meal. So I did start the meal in 2018, but it was did in you? February and not, Oh, February. Okay. Not November. Okay. In February. That's what happened because I played through uh, 2017. I stopped playing December 2017 was when I stopped playing. Gotcha. So uh, eight years. So eight years, professional basketball overseas. Uh, where where was your favorite spot to play? Um, that's hard because a lot of places I played, like I liked my experience there was good, but maybe for a different reason than other teams. So – Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. Stockholm, Sweden is like my second home. Yeah. Um, I played in Stockholm. Well, Sona, which is right there next to Stockholm, two years in a row. I played in Sweden five years. Uh, whenever I got free time, I would go back and visit. And if I get it, if I ever go back to Europe now again, I'm definitely going to stop through Sweden. Yeah. I got a lot of friends out that way. So. So yeah, that's how I was going to ask. Uh, like how. Like, do you, do you still keep in contact with a lot of the people out there? Or? Um, yeah, I think, I I mean, they're friends, you know what I mean? So you go on, you start to live different lives, but every now and then you think about somebody and you hit them oh, yeah. up. And we have great conversations, call them up, FaceTime or Facebook, whatever. Have great conversations. It's good to catch up with everybody, see how their kids are doing and everything else. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's a lot of teammates from overseas I keep in touch with. Um, I think more so some of the Americans that I played with while I was over there, um, I keep in touch with more, like on a more regular basis. And maybe just because we relate. I mean, of course, I hung out with them a little bit more because they were American and we were over there together, singled out in the country. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a couple of Americans that I played with that, I, I mean, weekly for that we talk to, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody... Is anybody from the same area? Because I know you did, because you, you have your own thing going on in Michigan City, right. which we'll get back to that later. Right, but, right. Um, is there anybody, like, local or at least somewhat local that, that you played with overseas? Um, not. I think the closest person that I played with was a dude from Bolingbrook, yeah. Illinois, and his name is James Kenny. Um, and the weird thing is that it's another person from Michigan City that's currently playing basketball overseas named Jared Jones. And he also played with uh, Kenny overseas. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're so close to Chicago, and we both end up playing with the same person overseas. Yeah. It's kind of – it's not really heard of, you know. Yeah. But, but it's pretty cool. And uh, I think I think that's the closest person, though. Um, the person that I keep in contact most actually lives in uh, L.A. Yeah. And – uh, we played together when we was in France, and we just spent a whole lot of time together and became pretty close because of it. So how does that work? Were you with 
one league the whole time you were overseas, or was it different leagues in different countries? So, pretty much every country has a Premier League. You know, like we have the NBA. Yeah. Every country pretty much has a league that's their Premier League. Okay. Um, so that that's that's where everything starts at in the country. So. If I said I played a year in Sweden, I played in the Swedish basketball league for that year. Now, a couple of different years when I played in Sweden, we also played in other leagues. That's when you get into like Euro Cup, Euro League, um, the higher leagues and stuff like that. And we played uh, Euro Challenge one year, which is Euro Cup, Euro League, Euro Challenge, the third league down. But it's international play, so we traveled all around playing. And we also played in the league called the Baltic League, which were countries that were around the Baltic Sea. Yeah. So in that season, we played 84 regular season games before the playoffs and traveled every every day. <laughs> that's, every I mean, day. well, that's that's why I asked if it was like one league, because I mean, obviously, you know, Europe and whatnot, it's all the countries are so close together. Mm. Uh, that's I didn't know if it was somewhat like the, the NBA where you would be traveling, but you know, to other countries instead of other states. Yeah. So, no. So, for every country that I played in had at least eight professional teams in the league, and you travel all over the country. Um, like, it's been years in Sweden where I played. I think it's one year in Sweden I played when we only had eight teams in the top league, and I played another year in Sweden where we had 12 teams in the top league. Yeah. So, one time we played every team four times, and another time we played in, like, conferences and only played teams like a certain amount of times depending if they were in our conference or out the conference Uh so i mean it's a lot of flexibility when it comes to schedules from year to year but you have like sweden who has they have two professional leagues i say like a first division and second division after that it kind of falls off but um you have a league like france who has one two three four five five legitimate like professional leagues. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, and you're talking like 14, 18 teams per league. Basketball is huge in France. That's crazy. And uh I mean, and it's I think it's I mean, we can talk about the where I think basketball is going, but I think everything is going to end up going everything wants to be monetized at this point. Yeah. And everything is going to end up being club sports and not school sports anymore at some point. Like AAU is pretty much going to take over at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, gee, I guess speaking of uh, school sports, you're you're a coach for one of the schools, aren't you? Yeah, Michigan City High School. Yeah, yeah. that's. I wasn't sure if it was oh, yeah. like MCH or if it yeah. was another school or what. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not familiar with the school system out there. That's all right. But so, have you been coaching the whole time since you've been back? Uh, no, uh, my first year I did not coach. Um, and it was really me adjusting to being back. A, a lot of stuff happened really fast um, with me deciding to stop playing basketball. And I, I just stopped because I didn't want to play basketball anymore. You know, it was kind of like my dad, both of my parents were getting ready to retire. They're sitting there going, discussing their finances and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, you, you saved that much and you got that much. Like, I'm saving some money, but I don't think I'm saving that much money. Maybe it's time for me to get a real job with some insurance. <laughs> yeah. So I can stop paying insurance out of my pocket. So I I mean, obviously, the, the pay isn't like superstar 
NBA pay, but is it at least somewhat, you know, more more lucrative than average or so when it comes to overseas basketball, there are Americans that get sent over there. So, okay, the pay is all over the place. Yeah. That's, that's the, and it depends on nothing else but the team, yeah. what the team can afford to pay you. So there are situations where pretty much every team you go to, there'll be national players. So from whatever country you're playing in, 18, 17, Sometimes 16, you know, there'll be a kid on your team at some point. It's probably a really talented kid, and they're just trying to build him up so he can be better, play him against better competition, as they should do. But it's probably going to be a kid on the professional team, one, if not more than one, depending on what your team can afford. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's, uh, you'll have players that might get paid $200 a month and have a job that they work 40 hours a week or more. I had a team <laughs> one year where I had a teammate that had to make one practice. He only had to make the practice before the game. It was the only practice he had to come to. Hmm. So, And that was because of his other job? Because or? of his other job. Yeah. And, and the team agreed to it. Like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll agree to this. You're good was, at- he, was he good enough to skip practice? He wasn't great, but he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, he was also an older person. They can't. Man, that year was a whole different kind of situation. I guess I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a, I got one you could put on that table there if that's going to mm. be better for you. But, yeah, you – oh, there it went. But uh, we went – like I said, you got uh, some people that's over there playing for free. You got Americans over there playing for free for the exposure. Yeah. Just be able to say, uh, I came overseas, I played overseas, here's my film, this is how I did it, trying to get a better job for the next season. So there are definitely people over there making no money playing, and there are people over there making $20 million, 30, yeah. $32 million a year, you know? It's so that's, not, that's so, not uh too far off from, I mean, obviously there's this the extreme contracts that mm-hmm. get signed, but that's, I mean, doesn't seem like that's... Uh, a bad way to go. If- no, it's not at all. Uh, especially, I mean, and how much is, I mean, you're getting paid to play basketball. At, exactly. At, at some point, that has to be enough. And if you're not playing in the NBA, you're pretty much, you can't expect to make NBA money outside yeah. of the NBA. But that's that's one of the things that, like, you know, over the past couple of years, um, you know, noticing about you is that you're, you have, like, a legitimate extreme passion for the sport and for you know just the love of the game and seeing it in other people and trying to bring that out in other people instead of you know just hey this is all you need to focus on no you're you're more about uh like your post the other day about uh you know hey it's school season and you know for for the athletes in school remember school comes first and you know it's shit like that i mean you being a coach like like hell we've never hung out outside of work before you know 10 minutes ago so uh but like just seeing that like shows what kind of person you are when it comes to the sport and what kind of expectations you have for people that are aspiring to move further along in it right you know right yeah uh i definitely want to i mean i moved back home 
Michigan City wasn't the greatest city to me growing up, you know, but the more I was away, the more I learned how to appreciate my hometown and where I came from. And uh, being home, I just feel like I got, I have a great opportunity to use basketball to give back to my community, you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm trying to use it to give back in a bunch of different ways, you know what I mean? But I'm also trying to, like, branch out into whatever else I can get my hands into. I mean, I really want to see my, uh, I think, I think it's a lot of wasted potential in Michigan City. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to get to the point where I can afford to make a difference, you know. Uh, try to use my voice to put the city in position to be better than it was when I was that I felt like it was when I was growing up. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, did you start the league, the the summer league? Was that your, your project? Um, yeah. So, growing up, there was always something called Midnight Basketball in Michigan City. Um, it was an adult basketball league that actually, like, the league actually, like, started at 9 o'clock at night, and 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock were game times, and, I mean, the gym would be packed out. Yeah. It would be a DJ in there always, and everybody would be having fun on the sidelines. The games would be live, and it was, like, the adult place to hang out, safe fun, basketball going on. But over the years, it kind of just fizzled away, and... When I was in college, they kind of tried to bring it back, and it just didn't work. And I was done playing basketball. I was back home, and nobody was playing basketball. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I got to figure I mean, we're going to do this. And then uh, a friend of mine, Jared Jones, who I mentioned before is still playing basketball overseas, has a basketball company that he started called LTG Love the Game. And uh, it's been – I've done, we've done camps and backpack giveaways and all type of stuff over the years. And uh, I came to him, was like, let's work together and start this basketball league. Uh, you got the name and I got the vision. We can make this work. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's something that's, we have the talent. And I think at some point when we get away from COVID a little bit, I think the the uh, viewers will show up, more people will start to show up and it become more, I can grow it to be more than what it is right now. But uh, I think because of COVID this year, like, my numbers were still, like, pretty low. We were – I mean, we had a couple games. We got a couple hundred people in there. But really it was around 60 people a night, which, I mean, to come watch some adults play basketball. But – Well, I I would think that that's a pretty decent turnout for being a local new setup. Right. And drawn at least somewhat of a crowd – Right. Every game, yeah, you know yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I mean, I would see that because how long? How long ago did you start the league? Was it this year? Or that last was the year? Se- that was the second year. So we yeah, had, and we actually got broken up by COVID, where we couldn't have it the yeah. year in the middle. So yeah, so one year COVID year, and that was the second year. So I mean, to be to be steadily drawing people in to right. watch for sure, for like, sure. I mean, it's hard enough to draw people into play right. on a regular basis so let alone bring in spectators so that's the thing the the players are the thing that really got me because all the talent is there when i say all the talent you had each one more who was fighting for an nba championship ring who wasn't around and you have uh um it was good that was just in the money game or the the money tournament Oh, that was Jared Jones from Michigan City. He was playing. Oh, okay. He was playing in the tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about people who didn't play. No, that's I. I thought you had somebody from your league in the tournament. Oh that's, yeah, so Jared Jones, who played for the money team, 
arguably led the money team. No, <laughs> I ain't going to start that. I ain't going to start that. But uh, Jared Jones, who's from Michigan City, uh, that's who LTG loved the game. That's his yeah. company. And, uh, yeah, he played in the league. Cordero Bennett from Gary. He plays in Brazil right now, played in the league. Um, um, I can't remember Derek's last name, but Derek played like six years in China. He played in the league. Um, Mitch McGarry had a team in the league, showed up every game. You know what I mean? We had a ton of talent. Yeah. Like pretty much all the active basketball talent in Northwest Indiana was coming to Michigan City twice a week to play basketball. That's awesome. Like, I, I would consider that a pretty good accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, oh, on yeah. its own. Yeah. So, I, I love that part. And that's, uh, <laughs> it's been, I, I've seen a couple of, uh, pretty fun back and forth conversations on uh on some of your posts too <laughs> so uh, there's definitely no lack of shit talking going on oh no <laughs> oh no and i mean our the <laughs> our executive chat that we have on facebook where it's supposed to be just the bosses i mean the team captains and the executives of the league like the people who run the league like myself People start adding people, and all the shit started. Uh, the shit talking started happening. Side bets happen. I mean, it was definitely games like people bet four, five, six thousand dollars on a basketball game. Yeah, and it's like, are y'all serious? Is it, do I have to bring security to this game today? Do I need to call the police force to be on site today? Yeah, and I mean, some of these games were very, very serious, very yeah. serious. So. Uh, Eugene German, I forgot about Eugene, who played in the summer league with uh, with Denver just now. He was playing in the NBA summer league with Denver, just signed to a team in uh, Turkey, I think, overseas, yeah. played in the league. He was a NBA hopeful this year. So how, how does that work um, with the summer, with the NBA summer league? Uh, is that kind of an opportunity to bridge over? from the european leagues or or uh uh can can you like is that something that you could that you could try out for uh summer league so nba summer league is invite only invite only invite only so so they probably already seen you in europe and asked you to come play right gotcha right so summer league is definitely invite only now g league you can try out for g league team yeah pretty much every team in G League team has a yearly tryout. Okay. Um, even those are kind of long shots. Like, you have to be amazing. That's, I'm obviously not asking for myself. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Just curious. I mean, because a lot of people do be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go try out for this G League team. Yeah. It's going to happen. Like, no. If you go to a tryout as a person that wasn't invited to the tryout, like, you have to be amazing in every part of the game to yeah. like even get the sniff you know what i mean like you could have a good weekend and they'd be like uh yeah we got somebody else that's like you like you have to be you got to stand out yes yeah. yes they you gotta make somebody double take triple take and then get their attention after that like yeah <laughs> so. yeah, yeah you got to keep somebody attention and just walk onto a team it's like uh like even jared my friend from michigan city he's had he dominated Italy one year, um, got second in MVP, MVP voting in Italy one season. The year after that went to um, France, dominated in France this year after that. And we then he got a um, summer league invite to play for 
Miami, and we just knew that was his shot to get into the league. Yeah. NBA ready for sure. Just didn't happen. No. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been paid very well overseas. Yeah. But <laughs> but you know, it w- it would have been nice just to have him back at home, you know, yeah. be able to watch him play, but Hey, now he's 32 years old and he's still playing and making some great. Can money. you watch the overseas games or no? Um, yeah, most of the uh, most of it is all like the leagues that have like a package that you can buy, kind of like NBA, okay, uh, like the yeah, league pass or something like that. They all have something that you can get into, tap into. Usually, all the betting sites they have some way they're tapped into. Yeah, any any big team has a camera that they can tap into and show games. So. Yeah. It's always it's always a way to watch usually, especially now. So where did you stay the longest? Was that Sweden? Uh, Sweden was a country I was in for the longest. Okay, year. and so, that's the only only team that I played for twice was in Sweden. As yeah, well. yeah. So how long were you in uh, Australia for? Australia was for um, seven months. Yeah, I want to say. How many people watch this? We we can talk about Australia. <laughs> oh no, I. Uh, not a lot. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it was funny. I mean, but no, I have. Uh, so I went to Australia, and I started dating Ben Simmons' sister. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, the point guard for the seventy six. Okay, I went to school with a kid named Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. So, so that's NBA player Ben. Yeah. Australian Ben Simmons. Um, it was when he was fifteen years old. But he was already ranked the number one player in the USA. And I didn't know it. <laughs> At the time, I had no clue who he yeah. was. But I went there, and I met her out one night. We chatted a couple of days back and forth. I played basketball with her brother, not knowing that I was her brother. Met her dad. And the same day I met her dad, I met her <laughs> that, <laughs> that night. But, I mean, Yeah. I, we end up dating. We end up dating for like a year and a half. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just saying, I was around Ben in his young ages, and we got to work out a little bit. I'm so sure. how'd you do against him? At the time, I was better than him. Yeah. At the time. I'm not going to say that now. Yeah. Even if he can't shoot a three in the game. <laughs> in the, I'll, I'll emphasize in the game because apparently he shoots very well in practice. But even if he can't shoot a three in the game, like, I'm sure now I can't do anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. But Australia was awesome. Uh, I was in Melbourne the whole time. Yeah. Uh, played in a city called Frankston. Uh, it was cool. I mean, I didn't get attacked by any spiders or any other deadly creatures. Yeah. So did you, uh, <laughs> what kind of, did you do any, any exploring or uh, just general activities, Australian activities while you're out there? Or? Um, I mean... I ate kangaroo. Yeah. Um, kangaroo run around like deer on the side of the road. You know what I mean? I no, I didn't do nothing to Australia. I played a lot of basketball. Any uh, any snorkeling or diving or anything uh, like that? Yeah, snorkeling at the yeah. Great Reef. How was that? Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been. Well, I went scuba diving at the reef. So I got lucky as hell. So. I went to Jamaica the year before that with my uncle, and my uncle is a scuba instructor for. He used to be the he used to be the fire chief in Gary, and he does scuba training for. Oh, for like the the every, Midwest region, or yeah, like the, the the region. Right. So, I got 
certified before we went to Jamaica so I can go scuba diving in Jamaica and we had to pay like $600 for training while yeah. I was out there. Yeah. So I got certified before we went and I, my certification was still good when I was in Australia. So I got showed all my certification stuff. They hooked me up with gear and I got to go down like because that shit costs like 250 yeah. <laughs> if not more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah, just let me rent the gear and pass all the certification shit. Yeah. And that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was a great trip or a great experience. So scuba diving twice, once in Jamaica at a shipwreck and mm. once on the Great Barrier Reef and yeah, a couple skydiving experiences too. Oh yeah? So. Where'd you skydive at? Uh, Michigan City. You know, we yeah. have city, Windy City yeah. skydive. Yeah. yeah. It's right there, like right around the corner from my parents' house. Right on. So. That's. Yeah. I, it's something I want to do. I don't know if, uh. My wife will ever let me, but we'll see. It's She'll love the video. Yeah. Just don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> just let her see afterward. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm here. And nothing yeah. happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> it's, uh, we, went, we went parasailing in, uh, in the Keys, the Florida Keys. Okay. And that was cool. Like, definitely not what I expected. Uh, just completely silent while you're up there and... Is, is it about the same when, after you deploy the chute on your way down? So, yeah, skydiving is scary until you realize that you're still falling. Yeah. Like, you got to get past that, oh, I'm falling. And then it's like, oh, I'm still falling. And this is kind of cool. This is awesome. So, once your body adjusts to it, then you're pretty cool. And you're right. The silence is very calming and kind of alarming at the same time because you don't expect it. The chute pulls and it's very uncomfortable because that yeah. harness, you know, that harness pull up on you nice and tight. Yeah. So after you get past the discomfort of that, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's pretty cool. It's a nice ride down and it's peaceful and you seeing everything and the dude keep pulling out this camera, oop, the camera and trying to record you like on a, yeah, on a selfie stick type deal. And there's a lot going on, but you really just want him to shut up so you can just enjoy everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah, and I, I would say the same, the exact same calm that you get when you're relaxed falling is the exact same calm you get when you're underwater scuba diving. Yeah. It's like the exact same weightless feeling. It's just, it's pretty awesome. Uh, when you jump out, I assume it's pretty loud, like with, with the air rushing through, or does it like, do you go from like listening to a train to silence? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even think I would like ever thought about how loud yeah. it was. Both times, the first time the dude tricked me, he said, We're gonna go go on three. I said one and just jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably better off that way, right? You know, you can't really tense up, yeah. And the second time, um, we were trying to barrel roll out of the airplane, so I don't think I was thinking about the sound, I was just trying to make sure that I tucked hard enough, yeah, <laughs> so we could do these spins and then try to try to uh level out before we spun out of control yeah <laughs> so is that is that a high possibility or like spinning out of control um i don't, I don't know i guess it was a possibility because he told me like if i guess he just wanted to make sure i was uh under control in time before we got into like a danger zone okay i think it was more of that than anything else just trying him stressing the importance because the sky yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right so yeah mm. um so how long you been doing this podcast uh about four years or so yeah yeah is it weekly no 
Not at all. I work at the mill, dude. Like that's in the crane. Yeah. Or uh, not anymore. Well, not, not anymore. Uh, now I, I passed the test today. So Congratulations. I'm, thank you. I'm officially a mechanic in training. Uh, I, I do not have to worry about going back to the cranes. I may end up back at the cold strip because it sounds like it's either going to be the cold strip or the 80 inch hot strip. Right. Uh, but I don't believe any of that until that anything happens. actually happens. Right. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I do it when I can. Like, it's just a uh, swing shift is a scheduling nightmare. Cranes, any shift is a nightmare because you don't know until Thursday, most likely Friday, after the revisions. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just do it when I can. Uh, if if I have, like, a, like next week I'm on vacation, uh, so I'm going to try to get another one in. Um but sometimes I get lucky and cross paths with people at the right time. And other times it's, uh, you know, all right, well, I should be on this shift this week. Mm-hmm. So let's shoot for this. And, um, you know, about three quarters of the time it would work out that way. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's just for for my schedule, it's just not not really feasible to try to do a weekly show like when i started i was planning on doing weekly and you know i realized wow it's pretty because it's just me and a guest right so uh i found out real quick like how hard it is to get somebody to commit to you know doing a podcast every week right uh especially like I, i was trying to keep it mostly cigar related when it came to guests uh when i started but after a while it's like you know i can't get a rep or an owner or you know uh anything like that in here every week mm-hmm. and you know i just like talking to anybody not just uh the cigar industry right so right it's just uh I, hey i'd like to talk to them i wonder if they'd come on right. so uh yeah i've gotten i've gotten a couple people that i didn't expect um but yeah, uh, I, I'm one of the, like, everybody in podcasting swears they do it for a hobby and they're not looking to get rich or anything. Like, they don't want to <laughs> become the next viral sensation or anything. But like me, like, that is strictly why I do it. Like, I I just like smoking cigars and talking to people. Right. So, uh, I've got to talk to a lot of people that I never would have talked to without this. Right. You know, and that that's all I want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and shit, what's the likelihood that we would have ever hung out outside of work other than this? I mean, we, we talked about getting together to smoke a cigar. Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> you know, when we, when we were both in cranes. But yeah. shit, you got two people in cranes not on the same turn. Like, that's that's nearly impossible to try to get together. The only so. time you're going to get together is on a downturn. Yep. <laughs> at work. Mm-hmm. If you're training together. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, hey, meet me by this door. We'll have a cigar. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, today, today was nice. I, I made sure to bring a, a better cigar than usual to work. So after the test, I could go out and, you know, have a little celebration. Um, smoked a Viaje Jalapeno on lunch, um, after I got the test results. And then now we've got the patina and I'm not sure what I'm going to smoke later, but I will definitely be doing some proper celebrating 
yeah. later. Like if I don't get too too uh, celebratory here, <laughs> then after this, I definitely. Won't. But uh, my little brother actually gets in town at like midnight tonight, so I probably can't get too shitty. Plus, I, I uh, not necessarily. Okay. Um, you know, my parents are here. Mm. Like you, you, know, you met my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in town till like Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, so if I can't go, then you know my parents are, you know, I'll somebody, send an Uber, right? You know, so somebody get them. Um, <laughs> but I haven't seen them in shit, probably five years. Wow. Yeah. So it it sucks that I do have class tomorrow. Yeah. But at the same time, it's uh, I know it's pretty much a fuck off day, right? Because we took the test today, and tomorrow is most likely going to be a lot of sitting around. So I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. Sitting, so. sitting around. That's what I've been doing for two weeks. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So last, not this Monday, but the Monday before that, didn't even walk in in the mill. No. We stayed outside. It was like 75 degrees mm-hmm. outside the whole day. Sat out there, ordered pizza, went and got yeah. it, ate it outside. Well, they just they just redid that that area there by the entry, right. didn't they? Right. So yeah, but made it look all nice. Anywhere where it's concrete, concrete over there, you don't get cell service. Nah, it figures. <laughs> so we hang out on the side of the building yeah. in the rocks. But uh, yeah. So that Monday, the following Monday, same thing. Then go in, and today I pretty much stayed outside the whole day as well. <laughs> that, that was definitely always a plus, like in the cranes. Uh, you know, like. On 26 crane, you know, if the mill was down and it was a nice day out, just grab the radio, sit outside all day. Yep. And, you know, some people will hear that and be like, ah, fucking union workers. Right. Hey, you'd do the same thing. If you had the opportunity, you'd do the same thing. So the thing is, people always respond like that. But for all the downtime we had, Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be days where it's hectic as hell. Yeah. my my days at work, my friends always say, man, you don't do nothing at work. Yeah, well, when I'm running 32-minute coils and I got time to actually post the video while I'm at work, yeah, I'm not doing nothing that day. That's a chill day, but there's other days where I don't sit down for eight hours, yeah, 16 exactly. hours. Exactly. <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? That's, you know, in the cranes. Yeah. You could, right. you could have days where you don't have to touch the steps to go up to the crane, but more often than not, you're going to be moving all day, like no no lunch, moving all day, Man. you know. So, yeah, we, we definitely take advantage of right. downtime when we can. Right. But A busy day on 32 crane, I mean on 31 crane. Yeah. That's that's hectic. You're moving. Yeah, you're moving. all like day. Like your, your arms do not get a rest. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and what they don't understand about those cranes, cold strip. You're, the, the ape hangers. Yeah. It's all them the, controls the, the, hanging the controls are all overhead. So, it's um, not fun if you're running around all day. Nope. But Especially when you first get up there. Yeah. It takes a while to get used to. And then you just kind of zone out and <laughs> wish you were somewhere else. Imagine that you were somewhere else. Right. You know. <laughs> right. But, right. hey, I, it is what it is, man. I, I knew what I was signed up for when, when I came to the mill. So I did it. Well, I did, at least with the cranes, I didn't know what I was signing up for yeah. with those cranes. I had the choice. I had the choice of going to the cranes or going to shipping. Yeah. So you chose wrong. Very wrong. 
<laughs> Very wrong. Cause my man Joe Pruitt is down there in shipping, living it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, but living it up. It's it, it's hard not to have any animosity towards those guys. Like when you're on thirty two crane, because the incentive sucks. Right. And you're just looking down at these guys that are, you know, like they're on beeline or whatever, like just not doing anything for most of the day. And it's just like these motherfuckers are making three, four, five dollars an hour more. Especially when they, they seniority is one under yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that when it, no, I love Joe. I'm happy he got over there. Yeah. Man, I wish I wish I would have chose different. We could have both been over there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm glad I went to the crane. I I loved I loved working in the crane. I just didn't like the pay and the scheduling. Yeah, I always so, said if cranes were three, I would probably still be there. That's exactly what I told McDonald. So I told McDonald, I said, you know, if if it was a labor grade three, I'd probably stay. Yeah. So I, you know, at least uh, I I know I'm not going to have a good schedule as a mechanic. Right. But I'll be getting paid accordingly. Right. You know. Right. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel now. Well, well, like I said, now we get a good incentive. I'm not, yeah. so, I'm not so angry about working anymore. At least, I, <laughs> at least I try not to be. <laughs> so when you came back from from Europe, yeah. back to Michigan City, was your plan to get a job at the mill or no? I came, you... I came back from the mill. So I was playing back. So okay, before my last year, 2017 off season, summertime, I was done playing basketball. Yeah. I pretty much wrote it off, had already applied. I think it was, I had already had my mind up to apply for the meal when it, whenever it came out. And I was sitting at home, um, just kind of enjoying not doing anything for the moment. Probably was going to end up working for the school system for a year. Um, so coaching was kind of always in the plan. Was not in the plan. Oh, no? Coaching, I mean, going in the school system was pretty much like a job just to have until I got Okay, I got Something you. Else. I was really just kind of, oh, I was just kind of doing nothing. I had just played basketball for eight years, and I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> time, time to relax yeah, a bit. Just, just relaxing a little bit. Um, and I mean, I was applying a job. I was actually applying for like a, a, a salary job at the mill. No, is what I was doing. I mean, college grad, going. To, I was trying to get in at the mill. I had another friend I played basketball with in college that was a salaried employee on the west side. Uh, and he was like, yeah, man, my job's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just come in. So I was like, yeah, I was trying to get in, couldn't get in. They kept turning me down. And then uh, my first coach that I played for when I was overseas hit me up like, my best player just went down. I want you to come back overseas and play for me. I was like, coach, I'm done. I'm not even trying to play. We wrote it off like a month went past. He was like, we just found out that his injury is way worse than it's supposed to be, and we start the season next week. Like, I need you to come in. Like, nah, I'm done. You know, I'm home looking for jobs. They started off the season 0-4, and, and he was like, how much will it take you, take me to bring you in? And I gave him a number. He was like, there's no way I can come up with that. I mean – he coached me my first year I played overseas when I was making $2,000 a month. I think I made $16,000 the whole year. And, yeah, I mean, that's not that much. Even though the team, if you got a good agent, the team pays taxes for you. Okay. So the money that you bring, that's the money that you get is the money that you keep. Yeah. Every contract I had except for one was, was made like that. 
So I made as low as $2,000 a month and I made as high as $17,500 a month. Jeez. <laughs> so. There's definitely a little bit of a swing there. It, it, a little bit. So, and I was coming <laughs> so off. So now, what, what about house, was housing, housing paid for? So or? housing's included. Okay. Um, transportation is included. Couple teams I played for didn't include transportation because I lived in a very small town. They're like, man, practice is only four minutes away. You can just walk. But you're no. talking about walking in Sweden in, in the middle winter, of winter. In the middle of winter, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then, and then that the last team that I played for that ended up going for that coach, I ended up going over there and playing. Like, I had a car, but it was so much snow. <laughs> you couldn't use it? it i mean it was just a hassle trying to find parking at the gym it was better like i just walked the seven minutes it took to walk yeah. to the gym and i mean i was all the way up north sweden um Ostersund, sweden i walked out of practice and saw the the northern lights oh that'd be awesome it was awesome but it was fucking freezing <laughs> it was cold <laughs> yeah i guess you know, there's, there's got to be a downside right it was definitely cold i mean i would bundle up to walk to practice seven minutes i would jog to practice because it'd be like negative two outside just keep the blood flowing man but i mean it was way too much of a hassle to get the car to drive over mm-hmm. there there's way too many stoplights trying to turn they don't shovel roads they just put rocks down over salt yeah. uh, over snow and just keep letting the pile up higher and higher yeah just walk yeah <laughs> so what well, out of all the places you've been where's where's the best food not france no oh man i hated france i, I didn't hate i was in france in a bad time no they, they were kind of going through like a whole civil rights thing they were um um, not riots, but uh, unrest. I can't protest. There was protests okay. going on everywhere, but like to the point where like the farmers would take logs and put them across major highways. That sounds fun. Like put ten logs across major highways and just drive the tractors away. Like who's huh. going to move these <laughs> <laughs> major highways? Um, the, the control tower at Charles de Gaulle's Paris airport just walked out of the tower. Hmm. That could be troublesome. Literally. I was in Paris when it happened and you could literally see a circle of airplanes. Oh no. <laughs> they had no, yeah. no clue what to do. They're like, these were the strikes, the strikes and protests that were going on. It was like all union workers were going against the government and to combat it, the government said, we're taking away gas. Every gas station has this amount of gas that they're going to get every day. And that's it. Wow. So my last month in Paris or in France, like couldn't get gas. You have to wake up at five. You have to be at the gas station at 430 in the morning to wait in line for when the gas truck showed up <laughs> to pump gas. In. Like it was horrible. It was horrible. So like my last week I was there, I was like. I'm sitting at my apartment. Uh, the nearest grocery store is like four miles away. I'm not running to get groceries yeah. and then running back home. 
I don't know what I'm about to do. And I'm, I'm here for another six days. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I look out my window. Well, I, I'm sitting at the house and I get a text from a fan. He was like, uh, I hope you enjoy your last six days. Look out the window and I look out. He out there got a gas can, put it, <laughs> put a little gas can of gas in my car just to make it through the last couple of days. Oh, that's pretty awesome. And it was awesome. So. Like stuff like that will always happen in cities. Like you always got a fan or somebody in the city who's just really nice and is going to do something at some point to like thank you for what you do for us or like I know it's hard for you. Like do this. Here's a here's a meal. Here's a free like you know it yeah. can be anything. And like that stuff it means a lot. You like when you're by yourself for eight months. Yeah, <laughs> eight to ten months. Like when I played in France, I was there for 10 full months. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it's a lot of players who like get homesick and just leave and go home. They can't handle being away. Yeah. So it's nice when you get kind acts like that. It means a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So not not a big uh, croissant fan. So. Oh, man. I don't know. In France, they might change your mind. Pastries in France might change your mind. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying because you said that you didn't, you didn't like the food there. So I was, oh, I was being okay, smart. Okay, so, pa- so pastries are amazing. Yeah, I will never ever eat a burger in France ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they know what salt or seasoning is yeah. at all. Like you, you're gonna get that straight meat flavor. That works for some people. I'm not that person. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, I. I don't know. I've I've had like because I I went carnivore for a little while, and it's like all right, I'm gonna you know see what just just the meat you know like I I ground up a brisket and that was better than like regular ground beef. Oh but yeah. It's like after after a couple of days, it's like no, I gotta I, I'm I'm see you know salt, pepper, garlic, you know I you know that I, I think that's enough for any piece of meat. Yeah. But it was like just just eating it plain, like it's not bad every once in a while, but all the time, no, right, no. So, but um, so favorite 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 location with food, you you could include oh. the states. Oh, I didn't. So I don't know if the states are. Oh if, yeah. If, if if your favorite food is it at home in the states or if right. it's abroad. Oh okay. So I mean, if it's the states, then we could just follow up with all right. Your favorite overseas location to eat. Right. Right. Well, we gonna we gonna knock out the favorite overseas location right away. I'm trying to think of everywhere if anything was special. Nothing stands out. Not really. I mean, okay, so the world is so Americanized. <laughs> you know, especially places I've been. Sweden, five years, on and off. Uh, or Sweden, five years, on and off. Finland, next door neighbor, very Americanized. France, very Americanized, even though they hate English. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Slovakia. Not Actually, I'm going to go with Slovakia for a favorite food. Really? Yes. That's unexpected. I've never heard, like, good things about food that way. So, okay. So, when I went to Slovakia, I started off the year in Finland. Um, Was playing well. I I don't 
me and the coach had a misunderstanding at one point. I'm gonna go with the, uh, the regular. regular this time. Yeah, that was a little bit too oaky. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we, I was playing. Actually, I was playing very well. I was a candidate for forward of the year that season. Um, it was the first year that I was kind of a paid shooter. Yeah, uh, didn't really have to play power forward or small. Like my job was to shoot the basketball more than anything else. <laughs> I was a paid three point shooter. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something I built my career up to playing center in high school and in college. And then four years progressing to the point where yeah, you're a paid three point shooter. Just sit in this corner and shoot threes. No problem. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Um, but, uh, the season was going on well and me and the coach had a disagreement actually me and this was the only coach out of me ever playing basketball that i just did not like from the second day that we met each other like we just didn't click some people are just like that we just didn't click with each other and uh we had a a disagreement one day and it's like he turned his back on me like he didn't want me there anymore they brought in an extra american we only could have four americans on the team they brought in a fifth and at first they were rotating us i would get out of games and then i sat out like three games in a row and a coach from Slovakia hit me up, was like, I've been watching you all season. I coached in Finland last year. Now I'm in Slovakia. I want you on my team. The only thing is, you're going to be the backup to the MVP of the league. I was like, so what you're saying? He was like, the MVP of the league is 43 years old. <laughs> Averages 26 and 13. 26.13 rebounds. Yeah. Like, he played in EuroLeague. Euro Cup for years, and he just wants to win a championship for his home team. But he told me he can't keep playing the minutes that he's playing and finish out the season. So I need somebody just as good as him to split time with him. 20 minutes a game? Yeah, but I need you to average 18 points in 20 minutes. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. So turned out going there and ended up on a team that would have won a championship without me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they would have won anyway and just me being there it was a great experience great teammates great organization but the food like they had it set up so great we went to one restaurant we went to every day and some people would think that would get annoying but they had like they made a menu for the basketball team every day oh, and nice. it was three different options of what you could get and like you can get any three of these or you could always get a uh, pizza made whatever you wanted on the pizza and mm. european pizzas get crazy yeah uh like every topping is is a go <laughs> in europe so yeah you can always get a pizza made but they always had three different options made and this the dude the owner was in the back and he was just cooking up food and he would come out and give it to you and talk and sometimes come out sing a song and it was always a great dinner experience after a hard lunch and or after hard practice. And for lunch, we went to they had like different restaurants that we went to throughout the city for different days. Just all good food. No complaints no. about food. I, I don't think I ate nothing crazy there. We can get into crazy foods if that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> did, did you ever try surströming? I don't even know what that is. That's uh, I can't remember if it's Switzerland or Sweden or it's, it's definitely a Norwegian thing. Uh, but it's like the, the fermented fish. It's the, the canned fish that you're supposed to open underwater, 
uh, because it smells that bad. Okay, I don't know nothing about opening up underwater. I don't yeah. know nothing about that. But I well, know they, they might not over there. Yeah, but, uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> that's how how I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it done on on videos and whatnot. But they had uh, what two years ago at Ristafari, the uh, the Jessam Crowell cigar event that he does every year. Like that was the challenge that he had for that year was who can eat the surstroming without throwing up and wow you want to talk about just rank disgusting scent like this is it like you so they open it up outside in the back like the out the back door Mm -hmm. because they had the tent back there and um i was in the front of the cigar shop you uh you familiar with golden leaf and hobert oh yeah yeah so out the back door and I was up at the front by the counter, right. and when they opened it, you could smell it all the way up there. And it was still potent enough to make you gag. So Yeah. That's I I, I was curious if you so, if you tried that while you were over there, nah, but nah, I'm it's already, considered I'm, a delicacy. I'm already not a big fish person to start with. So yeah, yeah that sounded like it's way out of my league. <laughs> I know, like, so traditional Swedish Christmas food, mm-hmm. it comes out in, like, seven servings, right? Yeah. And, like, the first serving or the second serving is all pickled fish, pickled herring specifically. Yeah. yeah. All different types of ways. And I got through it somehow. Yeah. After, after, like, my second piece of herring, though, it was kind of like... I'm not doing this no more. I, I'm not really even tasting this. I'm putting it in my mouth and kind of just letting it slide back <laughs> while I hold my breath. Yeah. And then just gulping and drinking something really fast yeah. <laughs> and acting like I'm liking it. Yeah. You know, um, but I was in. OK, let me get my years right. In 2008, uh, I was still in college. I went with a group of college players to. Beijing on a practice team for Olympics. Oh yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't it didn't exactly turn out that way because the way they scheduled it, they scheduled us there the two weeks before well, three weeks before the teams were supposed to show up. Okay. So we ended up playing like I think we played Trinidad, Tobago. Hmm. (laughs) How how did it go? It was a couple teams like that had no real chance of winning the game at all. That were there extra early, probably for the experience of just being in China, because that was the only chance they was going to get to go. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. um, The only good game we played was against. It was like a. Chinese university all-star team that they put together for us to play against. And that was like, they were good. They were real good. And we played against uh, the Shaolin Sharks, which is a team that Yao Ming played for when he was in China. Oh, right on. We played against that team and they, they beat our ass. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were really good and we just weren't ready for that. But every other team we played against were pretty much a joke. (laughs) (laughs) we played i mean we played we ended up playing against a couple university teams like the the country teams weren't there for us to play against yeah so it was like we couldn't play against them so we played against some university teams we spent the day at the park playing against random people yeah 
like yeah got stuck on the great wall for like four hours taking pictures not even walking the wall just standing in one spot taking yeah pictures. how was that nobody knew one person asked to take a picture with me it was actually one of my teammates that I was there with we took a picture together and the next thing we knew was a line going down so it's not when i started my dreads but i was growing dreads at the time yeah and they were just starting to get a little long and I don't know who they thought I was, <laughs> but they had me trapped on the Great Wall for a good almost three hours taking pictures. Wow. Yeah. Teammates started charging for it and everything. <laughs> That's the only reason I kept doing it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Will, come on, Will. Come on. You got to keep going. We give you 50%. Spit the other 50. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So another level of sidetracking here. All right. Um, how long did you grow your dreads for? So they, they were pretty impressive before you cut them off. Right. So nobody can see, but I don't have hair. Yeah. And he saw me for the first time today ever without dreads. Yeah. Um, I grew them for seven, almost eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like getting a haircut after eight years? For me, it was great. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it for like a year and a half. Um, I just get hot. And when all that hair just sits on my neck, it just makes the summers way too hot. I get uncomfortable when my hair gets long, like, you know, around like January, February, like it's cold and I get uncomfortable. So I can't even fucking imagine. Right. You know, uh, I, I look forward to the haircut every year. Right. So I hear you. I hear you. Like I, after, after seven, eight years, I, I can't even imagine. So the, the main i think the main reason i got them cut is because i thought i was balding right so i thought i was balding up top on the front part of my head and i didn't want to like stevie wonder it you know (laughs) start 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 having the dreads look real bad i just knew that my dreads were starting like they were disappearing from the middle of my head and they weren't falling out but what i found out was that they were just the hair is thinning and it's just breaking off so I thought I was balding, and I was happy to find out when I got a haircut that my hair is just thin. It's, <laughs> it's growing in thin, thinner than it used to grow in. Not, nothing like having to cut your hair to see if you're balding or right. not. Cut off eight years of growth <laughs> <laughs> to see if you're so balding. Did, did you measure them when you cut them off or no? Uh, I have them in a bag at home. So, did no, really? I, I, I didn't measure them, but I do have them in a bag at home. Yeah. I mean, it's a journey, you know, like oh, yeah. when you get in the locks, they call it, they say it's a journey. It's your journey when you grow, when you're growing them out. And it definitely was a journey. And I think the thing that I love most about cutting them off is like every day getting in the shower and having water hit, oh, my, yeah. hit my scalp, you know, because yeah. with the dreads, it wasn't always, it's not always that you can't, it's not that you can't get dreads wet. People always say they're dirty because they can't wet. They can get wet as much as they want yeah. to. But like when you first get it done, you got to give it a chance to lock you know what i mean yeah and you don't want to wet your hair and have it untwist so it stops the locking process yep so it's kind of like you want to give it a little bit of time and let it do its thing and then you can start getting it wet all the time which i did but man it's so nice to just get in the shower and put my head right under that yep. <laughs> shower head and feel that on my scalp that it's a great feeling That's, i missed it I my my little it. brother started growing dreads and he had about a year's growth, so they weren't like it. It was still looking kind of silly, mm. um, but my grandma at Christmas one year we were at her house, and it was just unacceptable. And she made him brush it out, 
and it was like that's like the you know all right i get it it's you know not your time period or or anything like that uh but like that's that's like the one thing it's like oh come on grandma like don't don't do this like yeah yeah me and my i probably just left i ain't gonna even lie to you i'm sorry grandma (laughs) 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 you would have been like ah take your dreads out or you can't come in i'm like well it was good to see (laughs) y'all send me send me a plate you know bring me a plate when y'all leave you know (laughs) i love y'all merry christmas and I think that that was that was the only it it wasn't even me, and I think that's the only time that like I I was ever somewhat upset with with my grandma. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I wasn't that upset. I just didn't. It's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You, right? You know, right. come on, let let the kid let the kid grow his hair the way he wants to. Yeah, it's um, I think part of the reason I grew my dreads out in the first place was like a whole misconception thing you know what i mean like you see a, a tall black guy you know kind of athletic tall dreads you know your, your first your first professional thought. basket player basketball player and you call yourself kind of a, athletic yeah i was also a seven foot high jumper let's throw that in there too all right, all right. <laughs> no but uh <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm, i mean i'm just saying like i mean the last thing you think about when you see Especially the way I wore my dreads and my big raggedy beard that I like to keep. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I like to look. But the last thing you think is like, you know, college, grad, world, travel. Yeah. You know, easy spoken, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people like, that's how you sound? Yeah, that's... Yeah. People look at me like, I thought you were scary. No, just just talk to me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think I always like the misconception. And then when people actually talk to me, they're like... It's not what I expected. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that response. That oh, people, yeah. I think. And that's part of the reason that I grew my beard out the way I always grow it out and kept my dreads kind of like I would wait three months to get my dreads done. Yeah. They'd be nice and raggedy by the time I got them done. Like, but. obviously not the same level of misconception, but every year when I dye my hair, mm-hmm. I always get dirty looks, you know, uh, and I make it a point to, like, somebody will ask, like, yeah, it's for childhood cancer research. Right, right. And then those looks change. Right. And it's just, that that's one of my favorite things about that. Um, again, not the same level of misconception, but still, like, I, you know, the, the seeing the response is, right. is where the joy comes right. from. Right. You know. Yeah. Yep. So, eight years and... It's crazy because they came down about halfway down your back, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. were de- they were definitely long, and it always like when I I started growing my dreads. So I started growing my dreads because I noticed that I was kind of thinning out up top. You know what I mean? And I got to the point where I thought I was starting to bald and not just thin, and then I wanted to cut them off because it just started looking bad to me. But my girlfriend wanted them because she wanted to save them for engagement pictures. So we're not exactly getting engaged yet. <laughs> but I, I was ready to cut my hair off. So I told her, like, I picked out this. We can get this, this, and this. This photographer, let's go take these pictures because I want to cut this hair off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to cut it off now. And I think just that commitment to me, like, I wanted, you want to take this picture. I'm willing to take this picture for you, even though it's not exactly how you want it. Let's take this picture before I cut off this hair. And she was just like, cut them off. It's okay. 
And after she said that, I didn't really care what her re- reaction was. It was <laughs> it was time to go at that point. Like, let's call the virus. Go. I'm yeah. on my way. That's <laughs> it coming right now. So we went from about to wash my hair to going straight to the barbershop to get it cut. Yeah. Yeah. Soon as she gave me the okay, it was <laughs> it was time to go. All right. So now back to the food. I know food led us to China. Crazy foods. Worst food, but worst food is China for sure. Okay. Because I ate rat in China, cat yeah. in China, dog in China, roach in China. So the whole time I was in China, we had somebody else that was catering. I mean, not catering our foods, but ordering our food. Yeah. Our, our translators ordered our food, and they made sure that we had pork, chicken, beef, shrimp every night. So the last night, we sitting there eating. And we get to the end of the night, well, halfway through the night, and they're like, okay, we just want to tell y'all that nothing on this table is nothing y'all would normally eat. Like, it's squid and roach, dog, cat. And we're like, what the, what is, <laughs> what, is what? What did we just eat? And yeah. we're sitting there like, okay, that wasn't bad, and that was horrible. I just stopped <laughs> eating it, and that was okay. I'm surprised that, you know, that didn't taste worse than what, you know? Yeah. So, like, roach was fine you know it's no. kind of just crunchy it was used on top of something it's like dried roaches that they just crunched up and put on top cat was a no-go all the way around no. rat wasn't that bad it was kind of i don't even know what to compare it to more porkish yeah no. um and it, the dog was it it didn't look right yeah no. so i say that it was I'm trying to remember exactly what that dish was, but the way it's like they boiled the meat in it, yeah. and it just didn't look right. I think if it was prepared another way, I probably would have went for it. Yeah. But the way they prepared it, I wasn't going. That was just like, oh, where was that at? Ecuador. Ecuador, we had the layer of fat on a pig between the skin and the meat of a pig. No. Boiled. Boiled? National delicacy. In no e- go? In Ecuador. I don't think nobody on my team ate that. I think we poked at it. We poked at it. I I think that would probably be the most appropriate response. Seems boiled fat. Like, they they tried to make us guess what it was because nobody wanted to eat it. We're like, I'm not eating this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. They're like, it's a national. That and pea soup together. Now, if they would have smoked it and fried it. Oh, man. It was... Game like, on. It was boiled. I don't think no oil, no butter, yeah. salt, pepper, nothing. Like, it was just boiled fat. Yeah, that's... Yeah, we all walked to KFC. <laughs> like, mid-meal. They they wouldn't tell us what it was. Yeah. And we all just got... I think I was the first one that just got up out the chair. Just like, <laughs> it was a KFC up the road. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm tripping. So, with all the international travel... uh how much travel have you done within the states? Um, I mean, a good amount. I think I've been places. I I want to go more places. I want to go more places I haven't. Well, I don't remember going. Like my parents say that we've been to like Niagara Falls. I don't remember going. Yeah. Um, I want to see the um, Grand Canyon. That's some. I actually want to uh pair not um, hang glide. That'd be. That'd be impressive. I, I, I got to imagine that that would be awesome. an experience to right. be had for sure. Right. I, that was something 
hopefully, if you know, when me and my girl get married and honeymoon go my way, maybe I can talk her into this. Even yeah. though, even though she want to go somewhere across waters, probably on the beach somewhere, but I just want to hang glide on yeah. a canyon, <laughs> hang glide off a cliff in Ireland or something. Oh yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if that's an option. I don't know if it's, I mean, if all the cliffs are over the ocean, that might not be an right. option. <laughs> right, so. right. But yeah, um, what was the question? Oh, just uh, how much travel have you done within the oh, states? Within like the states. Have, have, yeah, I mean, I've been has on. it been a lot? Like, have you are are there because like myself, I'm I've been all over the east side of the states. The west is unconquered, like with the exception of I lived in Phoenix for about six months, and I went to Vegas for a night, and that's as far west as I've been. I lived in Joplin, Missouri, for about six months, but so outside of Missouri, uh, I haven't seen anything but phoenix as far as the west goes right um they northeast southeast i've seen just about all of it <laughs> you know so are, is that um had are there other specific regions or have you been all over the the uh, states i think i'm kind of like you i've been pretty much eastern usa i've i've been in a lot of not not really i ain't not really the new england area not really that upper northeast not really not so yeah. much but i mean i've been to new york i've been to philadelphia i've been to pennsylvania i mean i've been to uh, pittsburgh uh virginia florida georgia north carolina i mean yeah through i'm i've been kind of i mean i've been around yeah, yeah. i just went to uh denver for four days L.A. San Diego is my second favorite city in the United States. Sorry, I was in I was in L.A. for I think five days, maybe six days. Okay, that was for work with Whole Foods, and literally had zero time <laughs> to do anything. Uh, I one morning I woke up early and had the shuttle bus take me to the water, which wasn't a beach. It was just like there. There's a fucking uh, telephone tower where where the water was and drove me down there and was like all right you know got his phone number and was like yeah you know if you're not busy when i'm ready to come back i'll you know i'll, I'll send you a message and uh i started walking back sent him a message and like i i literally went to the water put my feet in like you know walked walked about you know uh halfway up my shins in the water and turned around to walk back and the shuttle driver came back to pick me up. That was literally the only free time that I had in L.A. Man. So, yeah, I got to see the Hollywood sign, the Hollywood letters on the side of the the, the mountain or hill, whatever right. you want to call it, right. on the way to work. But that's it. <laughs> so I I have to I, I have seen a little bit of L.A. Yeah, so. I'm I'm not a fan of L.A. Very pretentious city, in my in my opinion. <laughs> But the rest of California is, is, is cool with me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I said, San Diego probably my second favorite city in the United States. Yeah. Um, Chicago being the first. Yeah. Chicago is home. Chicago is my favorite city in the world. Yeah. In the whole world, Chicago is my favorite city. All right. So I've lived here most of my life. Like I said, I've, I've lived in random places for short periods of time. But 
this has always been home where I'm from all that uh, 15 miles from Chicago you know we'll say 25 from downtown right. I, I don't know exactly what the mileage is but very rarely ever get up there but when I do I enjoy it you know because whenever we go it's for a reason it's right. to go to the zoo it's to go to you know the the museums or whatever um, you know gone out specifically for New Year's Eve once and that was fun you know I I do enjoy the city I just never get up there so with that being your favorite city like do you do you get up there pretty often I or? mean I I would say I'm kind of the same way yeah um that I don't go all the time but when I go I have a good time but it's not for me it's not always going to museums and going out to eat and stuff like I've played in basketball leagues on the south side I've played in a softball tournament on the south yeah. side of, i mean i've been to a lot of events out that way i mean i just enjoy and like i mean you always hear about the bad side of chicago but i might have heard gunshots in the background while i was doing stuff but i've yeah. never seen anything happen yeah while i was in chicago that's you you, know you, I mean? you only ever hear about the bad side of things right right you know especially with today's media right you know which that's a whole fucking world of hurt that we could get into yeah, but yeah it's not worth it, it not at all we you know both, we, are, we both know it's messed up yeah <laughs> and you know I, I i don't know if if you could find like you're saying like you know playing basketball on the south side if that's if that's uh making you happy then fucking hey that's definitely a good reason to have that be your favorite city i mean you know when i mean it's just so much it's so much to do in chicago um new york is too busy i could see that you know new york is too busy i've never been to the city proper but uh, i mean been through i would say like new york is the worst of chicago where it's big everywhere and everybody's rushing all the time and there's no courtesy when yeah. chicago you can still get a hello when you walk yeah. down the street <laughs> it might be rare <laughs> it might but, be rare, but it does happen but you can get a hello you can stop and ask somebody for directions without them getting too pissed off you oh know yeah what i mean yeah it's, it's like the country version of new york mm -hmm. so it's like that's that's a pretty interesting way to put it <laughs> that's all right you I, know even though we're in the midwest it's kind of I would rather go, uh, call us the Mid-South because Midwest is so Southern yeah. in nature. You know, the Southern hospitality. It's like the city moved or the South moved to the city. Yeah. You know? We're the middle ground. That's, uh, the, mid <laughs> the Midwest gets such a bad rap because there's no coast other than other than the, the lakes. Right. You know. And that's another reason I learned to love Michigan City. Yeah. That lake, man. I, yeah. I live a mile away from the beach. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, when you go there, you can't tell me it's not a real beach. You can't tell me it's not an oh, ocean. Oh, no. You, know, it, it's, you, it's, lo you lose the lake and horizon. There's yeah. nothing back there but lake. You know what I mean? Yep. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan City, the dunes. Uh, Ooh, lake Michigan as a whole, but yeah, some spots are better than Even, others. Uh, like my, when my cousin in Canada got married, um, they were, I, I forget the name of the place, but it's the, like, southernmost tip of Canada, but it's uh, Lake Superior. No, Lake Ontario. Okay. Uh, I'm a fucking genius. Uh, <laughs> Lake Ontario. Um, but, you know, yeah, even nobody would consider 
you know, Ontario having right. nice beaches. Right. But yeah, the Great Lakes are the Great Lakes. Right. So uh, I just went to a bachelor party in May at Put In Bay, Ohio. Yeah. Don't know if you ever heard of Put In Bay. Not at all. So it's part of the Cedar Point attraction. Okay. Or built, it's, you know, it's all together. They're close by. But Put In Bay is. You drive to Sandusky, well, Port Clinton, right there. You take a 40-minute boat ride to Put-In Bay. They called it the Bachelor and Bachelorette Party Mecca of the Midwest. (laughs) The Key West of the Great Lakes. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's advertised as on the internet. So did it live up to its name? It really did. Yeah? It really did. Uh, I went there with 12 guys and... Bars, pools, restaurants, everything happening on golf carts, uh, eight-person golf carts, or eight-seat golf carts. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight. We had an eight- and a six-person golf cart. <laughs> and, like, cops are just like, have a good time. We're here to make sure that nobody gets hurt. Just don't be dickheads. If anybody's too drunk, we're taking the keys to the golf cart and we're telling you to walk home. Like, we're not going to arrest you. Just walk home. You can't Every- argue with that. Everybody's there to get drunk and have a good time. Yeah. So they're they're going to let you do it. <laughs> they're just going to tell you to, here, give me these keys and be on your way. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, they're literally people passed out in the grass four o'clock in the morning and just kind of like <laughs> i hope it doesn't rain <laughs> you know, i mean when i say people they're they're scattered yeah <laughs> they're scattered throughout it's a very it's a very like it's a party it's yeah. a party but at the same time during the day is good i think it's good for families during the day it's a lot of nice restaurants stuff to go see putt putt golf regular golf you know beaches it's stuff everywhere but during the day, there's also like pool parties with two in pool bars and food service and yeah, you know, yeah, like a like a resort atmosphere. Right, right. It's definitely, and we just happened to get a house that was right across the street from the pool part, like the main big pool party. Yeah, so we could see right into it from our house, uh, from our house. So we had like a party at both at the same time. It was cool. Yeah, I definitely don't see any problems with that. It was a good time. So. A, lot, a lot of money spent. <laughs> a lot of um, money spent. All right, so with the uh, – are, are you only doing the league in the summer? Yep. Okay. So, so it's it's called LTG, LTG Summer League. I uh, love the game, Summer League. And it's really for uh, – well, I ain't going to say it's really for. It's an adult league, but it's really a uh, – like. I know when I came home in the summertime, it's always hard to find quality games regularly at home. So it's given overseas guys, D1 players, all college players, you know, and then the elite players that are at home, like myself, that stopped playing, Mitch McGarry, come out play, you know, get some yeah. good games in. You can play against some competition, get some good runs in. I mean. So did this start uh, somehow? Uh, from like, I I'm not saying you were hustling, but it seemed like there was a bit of a hustle because you would all right, Michigan City, fifty bucks. Who wants to play? Um, did 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 that spawn from 
just getting out and playing like that or oh no you oh you talking about we was playing for your money yeah last no so that was in between that was a couple years ago i think you started doing that so that was no that was last summer that was actually during COVID. okay and it was gary and michigan city kind of had it was a friendly rivalry going back and forth of just playing like we were just playing basketball i thought i thought you were just looking for one-on-one uh, okay, so yeah, I mean that all happened around the same time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, then I was just trying to play one on one, but nobody wanted to play me. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that wanted to play me were still overseas. <laughs> so that was just me trying to look for some competition to play against. Yeah, and if you're out there, you know you can hit me up eight seven two one five two. That was my parents' phone number anyway. Oh boy, <laughs> I didn't get the whole thing, so it's okay. Um, um yeah, that's I I. I would see those, and I was entertained by those as well. Oh, yeah. So, that actually uh, – so, the league started technically, I guess, three years ago. Um, so, cause we had a, a year of the league, and then we had a COVID year where we didn't have it, and then we had this year. So, that first year, year the league happened last year. COVID was kind of happening, and I was kind of in between believing it and not believing it, even though my girlfriend works in the ER for Methodist Hospitals, and she told me to – be careful. I'm kind of like, I ain't working. I want to hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I never actually played because nobody wanted to play against me. But yeah, um, these Michigan City versus Gary games were going on. And they were kind of like, the Gary team was like, we ain't got a big man. We don't want Will to play. How Everybody bring their best players out, but I'm not allowed to play. Yeah. yeah. Who want to play me one-on-one? Somebody come out and play me. But it never happened. No. So. No big deal. No big deal. But, I mean, elite, um, I really think, like, the elite basketball players in the area, like, they all want to come together and play basketball. You know what I mean? Even, like, we try to have open gyms where it's just, like, I mean, we don't want to invite just anybody all the time. Yeah. Sometimes we just want all the good guys together in one place to play basketball. So, And and that's kind of what I'm trying to make the league. So, shit talking aside, is it? Is it more of a, uh, like, help each other type setting? Like, are, are people rooting for other people? Or is it straight up just, all right, no. Uh, I, it's, it's good basketball. Yeah. Teams are coming out to win. But, but like, all right, so say the, you know, lower talented team, mm-hmm. are they still rooting for everyone else to succeed? Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It's it's not like uh, I think it's not it's not just cutthroat. It's right? No, it's still, not. It's still not, a supportive. It's it's supportive. I mean, competitive, gang, supportive, competitive, support. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Because the shit talking, it's shit talking because we're competitive. Yeah. It's nothing more than that. It's not like it's shit talking that's about to lead to a fight or something that's going to end up going off the court. No, it's all basketball on the court. Like, uh, like it. You can have any misconception that you have about Northwest Indiana, the region, the Gary area, you know yeah. what I mean, or Michigan City. But when we come together to play basketball, that's what we're coming together for. It's not for any outside drama. We actually yeah. oftentimes will put drama to the side oh, <laughs> to, yeah. to get a good hoop session in, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's uh, I think the league in particular, like everybody sees that it's the league that all the talent is drawn to and nobody wants to mess it up at this point. So everybody's like, "Come on, that's, that's you know, good." Everybody wants to, everybody to play. 
everybody wants all the best players to show up every night so everybody can play the best games every night. And I yeah. mean, we had, I mean, one game went into quadruple overtime this year, yeah. a playoff game at that went into quadruple overtime. We had like the last game of a regular season that decided the fourth and fifth play or third and fourth and fifth place teams went into double overtime. Like we had out of nine teams, we had seven that were very, very competitive. Any one of them could have been in first place at any time of the season. And I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to be. So were, were you playing in this league or were you just managing so it? The first year I played last yeah. year, I didn't play. So the first year I played in my team won. And I'm not going to say that my team won the one anyway, but we won under some very weird circumstances. Um, The the team that made it to the finals, they made it to the finals with uh, my friend Jared Jones, who plays overseas, and Brandon Newman, who plays at Purdue. He played at uh, Valpo in college. So they both played in the semifinal. But they both they both weren't able to play in the final three days later. So I told them both not to play in the semifinal game because y'all team is not really that good <laughs> without y'all two on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they played they played in the semifinal game, beat another team by like thirty points, and then got to the final and they weren't there. And my team just kind of cakewalked yeah. to a victory. So. I didn't play this year mainly to keep integrity of my league and people say, like, will you cheat it? If I would have played again and my team would have won again, then I would have heard about it. Whether it was the case or not, like, I would have heard about it. Yeah. So to avoid that, I just sat out, even though I wanted to play so bad. I mean, like I said, the talent that was in the gym, that's what I want. I don't like playing pickup games against just anybody. Yeah. Um, I My high school team, I play against sometimes mainly to teach them something, not really for my benefit. But when talent comes together, that's when I want to play basketball. I want to be able to play good games, not just run up and down the floor. So where do you see the league going? Like what, what kind of potential do you see with the league and keeping the league going? Uh, do, do you plan on like, possible expanding to other regions or do you want to stay focused local um i think right now it's going to stay local um it has it has to grow i haven't i have yet to make money on the league no i haven't really tried to make money on the league either uh the first year it was this year was kind of like doing the first year all over again because yeah. of the COVID year. Yeah. Um, the second, that COVID year, I had sponsorship set up and a whole lot of other stuff that we completely just lost because of COVID. So it was kind of like, I wish I could have made it as amazing as I wanted to this year, but it has to wait till next year. And then we had different construction that was going on at our high school. So the league was back at the middle school again, which was small, messed with the atmosphere a little bit. Um, I think next year is going to be a great year. Yeah. Um, hopefully I get a team from Southern Michigan and a team from South Bend to come play. And that will really round out my league where it's no laws and, and talent on yeah. teams. 
And that was really an issue this year. Like, I would have nights where these two teams played and they're going to lose. So the good teams wouldn't even send their best players. They'd just send whoever to come make sure they got a win. Oh, I got you. And it kind of it killed some of the nights, you know. But yeah, it, it kind of goes against the, like, reason behind the league as right, well. Right, right. You know, so, like, if, if, it, if you're playing for the love of the game, it shouldn't matter if, you know, all right, look, guys, I know it's going to suck, but we still got to get out there and give it our best. <laughs> right. You know? I, I mean, I hear it, but I understand that at, on their side, too, like, if you're a overseas basketball player, like, you, like you really don't want to show up to play a game that you're probably going to win by 80 points, or you could win by 80 points, you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like that's not even worth my time. I can go, especially when we're playing, and there are other leagues going on. Like, it was probably seven guys that played in my league that also played in pro-ams in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, like Pretty much all the professionals, they still play in pro-ams in Chicago because those are the best runs around. My goal for the league is to get to the point where my league competes with that league. Um, I think that's a pretty good goal to set. Uh, and it is. And the only thing about it is that those teams – the leagues in Chicago usually have a team from Indiana in it. All those guys are in my league. They're just all on different teams. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just want I just want to get to the point where you can say that my league is as good or not my league, LTG Summer League is yeah. as good as Chicago Pro Am. Yeah. I mean, because the talent is here. I think that the talent in the region is here. The talent in northern Indiana is here. We have enough talent here that we could compete with a lot of those teams on a night-on-night basis. Yeah. And I, I think more than anything, I just yeah, I just want to grow it and prove that. Yeah. You know? So, um, and like I said, give the talent in the area somewhere to meet and play and hopefully get people out to watch it. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> for sure that's... Yeah, people i mean i mean because everybody wants to see summer basketball that's how the tbt came about. i don't know if you know much about the basketball no i don't tournament. like that's all, all i know about it is um from your post when you were, oh, okay. you were when you were showing jones on right. and honestly i i thought jones was on the the other team i didn't know he was on the so the, so, the money team so right so the tbt came around it was a, a group of guys it was five guys who wanted to see good summer basketball and all put up a hundred thousand dollars said we're gonna have a basketball tournament. Five hundred thousand dollars cash prize. Let's see who wants to do it. I think it was only eight teams the first year that signed up because nobody believed that it was that easy to do. Yeah. And the team from Notre Dame just ran away and won the championship. The second year, third year, fourth year, I played all three years, second year, third year, fourth year. I think last year was the fifth year, and this was the sixth year. I think that's right. Oh, COVID year. It's an extra year in there somewhere. So I didn't play the last four years. No, the last three years, because I played the year. I played the year that I retired. In 17. Whatever. I, pl- <laughs> I played in some of them, and we always played for the region. Yeah. Uh, the region, of course, the team built of all region players. Initially, that's how it was. It's not that anymore. But uh, that's how it started out, and we played for the region. And Jared, last year, Jared had an opportunity. Well, year before last, Jared had an opportunity to play with overseas elite, elite who's won the tournament four times in a row, five times in a row, whatever it was. 
and he turned it down to play with the region again. And I told him, like, bro, this is the last time you turn it down. Like, don't turn down a chance. Yeah. Like, you you rocked with us before. Like, don't turn down the actual chance to win just to be loyal to the region. Like, they might get mad, but I understand. And I'm from your city, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So don't turn down a chance for money, like, just to represent the region, you know what I mean? So this year, he was supposed to play with the region leading up to it. He got the chance to play with the money team. He told him, like, I'm going with the money team. You know, turned out to be the good choice for him, even though they didn't win everything. Yeah. Like, it just ended up being crazy that he played the region in the first round of the tournament. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then lit him up too. I <laughs> yeah. see that that that's kind of what I was getting at earlier about like you know, uh like helping each other out, like you right. know, being a good community, whatnot. Right. Like, you know, what was there a lot of animosity towards him for choosing oh no no i I mean it's a guy the guy who kind of put the teams together i think he's feeling a little bit you know he might feel it a little, he might be a little hurt but at the end of the day i mean you want to see each other do we want, well yeah we all want to see each other do well and at this point i mean any veteran in the basketball business or any business you know that it is a business at the end of the day it yeah is, it's about money you know what i mean yeah, so if you if you gonna if you're gonna risk your body for these games to ch- have a chance at winning a million dollars, you're going to take the best chance possible. Yeah. Especially when you've shown loyalty year after year to something else. Like, okay, now it's my time to be selfish. I, it has yeah. to come at some point. That's, I mean, bottom line is, right. like, you can call it selfish or whatever, but, I mean, you, you have to look out for number one. Right. You know, I have to do what's best for me and my family right. Right. versus, you know, I mean, obviously be as loyal as you can, right. but when an opportunity comes, you have to take the opportunity. For sure. You know, you, you can't be mad at anybody for that. Right. And so. I mean, I mean, people, uh, some people say that Eugene German is a very cocky person and everything else, and people love to play against him to try to shut him down, but he's an elite scorer, and when he got his opportunity to play in the summer league, like, everybody in the league was sharing that he got to play. For, like, I mean, we want to see everybody Everybody be at the top level, you know? Yeah. Everybody in this league, I don't think nobody in the league wants somebody to wish the worst for somebody else. Yeah. Everybody want to see everybody come up, you know? So yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nice community. I, I mean, the, like I said, the Northwest Indiana basketball community is, is definitely a community. We work together and try to, everybody always look out for each other as much as we can. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. For so. sure. Need more ice? Yeah, I can go for All one right. more. Sounds good. What time is it? Uh, it is four fifteen. Four fifteen. We good. Yeah, it's kind of weird doing a podcast this early. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. I definitely appreciate you bringing me out, though. What's that? I said I definitely appreciate you bringing me out, though. Oh, absolutely, dude. Like I. <laughs> want to do this for a while right and yeah i've wanted to do this for a while and like for the longest time i would you know just i knew like with you on the cal you know even just that one hour difference in scheduling and whatnot to you know didn't ask forever right and then (laughs) uh yeah I, i kept seeing you pop up in the feed with uh 
with the league and everything. And it's right. like, you know, I should probably get around to asking him to see if he wants <laughs> to do this or not. But, yeah. Yeah, the league with my baby this summer. I, I know my girl. Well, we, we all happy that it's over with right now. Yeah. I was so tired of basketball. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it takes uh, up, especially with working at the mill, it takes up a lot of time, especially with uh, coaching. Uh, yeah, dude, that's, I was going to ask because, like, you know, my, my kid started T-ball. Uh, this was the second season. Uh, so next year he's going to be in, like, regular little league or whatever. But that's how do you manage to coach on a swing shift? Because that's I, – I would love to, you know, at least – you know, like a assistant coach, you know, just, just help out with the team. But I would never commit because I would never know yeah. what I would be able to show up to and whatnot. So how do you, how do you keep that regular? So first off, let me say I have an awesome girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's understanding of me wanting to give back to my city um, just to provide more than what I had when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I think uh, it's very hard. And I told the coach, the coach asked me when he got the job, like, uh, like, are you open to coaching? Do you want to be assistant coach? I said, I can do it. But I'm going to tell you now, every third week I have to miss. Yeah. It's, it's the best way for me to put it. Every third week I'm going to have to miss, whether it's, I mean, that 3 to 11 shift or – one thirty to nine thirty in my case, there's no way for me to get out of it unless somebody on my line just says like, yeah, I'm, I'll work your afternoon shifts and you can work my yeah. whatever shift when it comes up and we'll do it that way. And that worked one year, but my Vanderzee doesn't like people switching shifts yeah. like that. So, excuse me, two years of coaching, I've missed one game and that's only because they changed the time of the game because of a snowstorm that was supposed to be coming in and it was in Fort Wayne. Oh. So the game was supposed to be in the evening and I was going to drive straight there and it ended up being at uh, 2 o'clock and I can't drive from East Chicago to Fort Wayne in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's Fort Wayne from Michigan City even is still, what, an hour and a half, two yeah. hours? Yeah, something like that. And then you throw snow on top of it? Exactly. So... Yeah, I just chalked chalk that one up as a miss. And, I mean, one game, not that big of a deal. And we end up winning on, like, a fourth quarter comeback, which I was very happy to hear. But, yeah. But uh, it's definitely a, um, me saying that this is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to do, and making time for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really the only way that it gets done. The coach accepting that I can't be there every third week and just just doing it. Yeah. Besides that, basketball, I I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. Basketball season, I don't sleep a lot at all between like practices, working, watching films, scouting games, all this stuff. Like, it's a lot that goes into it. On top of like coaching isn't just coaching, which this is part of the job that I didn't expect, but it's halfway parenting as much as it is coaching. You know, you get uh, kids get attached to you as much as you invest in them, and like they call you at eleven o'clock at night with real plot problems or two o'clock in the morning with real trouble. You know what I mean? So it's a side of the job that I didn't really think about getting into it, but it's a real part of the job. It's, it's really like, no, you're on call as a coach. Yeah. At least if you make yourself so available when 
don't know. Maybe not for every coach is that situation, but I know I deal with kids where like you might be the only person they can talk to when they call you. So. And that's that's another thing that speaks for your character. You know, like I mentioned earlier about you know uh, just the the love of the game and the passion to not not coach the kids to become basketball players per se but to make sure that you're you're doing your school work as well um and that i mean that right there is just a whole nother level to you know being available to take that call at 11 or two o'clock in the morning um you know that's i i i don't know that's pretty fucking stand-up thing to be involved with you know it's it there's not there's there's not too many people that do that i i guess is what i'm you know it it's one of those things that's more people it, it'd be great if more people would right you I, know i mean angles i mean it's not too many people that do it but it's kind of the reason why i do it because i figured i think at one point it was more people who were like that you know what i mean I think it's now that it's just less people who are willing to uh, give up themselves that much to be that available to people where at one point in time there were more people that were available to you to be that person. If it, if it wasn't just in the house, like having both parents at home or having a parent that didn't have to work two, three jobs or whatever. Like I understand that my kids on my team have to go through things that even I didn't grow up with, but I've seen and I understand and like I might not understand what you're going through, but I understand the situation and I can I might be able to, you know, they yeah. they have they have struggles. They have more struggles than I have on most days. You know what I yeah. mean? So and I've seen like even when I was in high school, like I had teammates that were doing a lot of questionable things. I mean, but I had a, a teammate my age that was taking care of his family while playing basketball in high school. Like Yeah mom and four kids that he was more or less responsible for on his own so yeah i mean i noticed paid attention young that people are going through things that i don't have to go through but i mean you got to see the other side of the story yeah that's and that's more what it is like you never know what right anybody else is going through right i don't i don't want any of my kids to miss out on the opportunity or make a bad decision because they didn't have somebody there that just to talk to when they were looking for help. You know yeah. What I mean, if, if you call me, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to pick up this phone. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> you're obviously making the effort to try to make the right, right decision. Right. I mean, and all my kids know, like I'm a tough coach. I'm probably the toughest coach. It seems like it. They've like seen just, just, just from your, just from seeing your posts. Like, yeah. it, you know, I could definitely see you being a hard ass. Right. So I, I mean, I tell my kids. For good reason. Right. I tell my kids, like, if you really want to be a D1 basketball player, professional basketball player, make it to the NBA, like, I know how hard I hurt. I worked compared to other people I was around and I still fell short. So in my mind, you got to work harder than I did <laughs> to get further, <laughs> to get further than what I, than where I got, you know what I mean? So I was like, and I tell them that exactly. If you want, if you, if your goals are bigger than what my accomplishments are, I'm going to push you that much harder yeah. to get there. And you need to understand that I'm not doing it because I hate you or because I just want to see you run or cause I enjoy it. If you want to be that good, it's my job to push you to be that good. Yeah. And 
I try to tell parents that and everything else. Like, if they want to be exceptional, I'm going to expect exceptional more. things. Exactly. You gotta you gotta practice exceptional. So you say you say that you fell short of your goals. Um, how? So I'm. I could only assume that the goal was the NBA. Uh, it of doesn't course. take a fucking genius for right, that. Right. But uh, making it to the level that you did. Uh, I mean, you still have to have some sense of accomplishment. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, for anybody, I mean, for me, especially at the point where I was a professional basketball player, the goal is to be the best in whatever you're doing. So NBA was the goal, but me, my realization was that I was too short to be a big and a step slow to be a guard or a forward. I can't guard Paul George. I can't guard LeBron James. I can't guard Kawhi Leonard. And these are the people that I would face on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, the truth is, I, I can't guard these people. And I can't guard Anthony Davis. And I can't guard Andre Aiden. And I can't, <laughs> like, like I'm too small for at one position. I'm too slow at one position. And, I mean, it could get masked within the team setting. But for NBA, I was too small for one position and too slow for the other position and that's the that's the honest truth in myself so you did did you come to that realization yourself like you were able to my first realize my first nba workout yeah (laughs) the first nba like i mean i've i've had workouts with the pacers and the bulls and the bucks and i played on the well, I was supposed to play on the Pacers Summer League team the year of the lockout. They had the NBA lockout. Yeah. And ended up not having Summer League altogether. Um, but, like, my first NBA workout, it was kind of like they were ch- – they were I was going through workouts, and they were like, go here. Go there. Go back over there. Come back over here. Man, okay, go back over there. And then when we start playing, like, oh, what position do we put them at? Like, do we put them here or do we put them there? It could have been a bad thing or a good thing, but I wasn't really doing good yeah. <laughs> at either place. I was just working real hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't doing horrible, but I wasn't doing exceptional. I wasn't standing out yeah. at either spot. So I think they were trying to figure out which place would fit me best. And just didn't. I just didn't have enough of either. Yeah. And, and for me, when I realized it, it was okay. But, I just. But you were. But you. Did you have to have somebody tell you that, or did you nope. realize it on your own? I realized it on my own. So I, I saw it happen. The light bulb went off in my own head. Like, yeah. boom. But it, it didn't make me want to be better any less because I knew I was better than everybody else who didn't did, get, didn't get invited to that workout. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I'm good. I'm just good not on this level. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I could still go overseas and make me some good money and have me some fun and travel around and go get experiences all, that most 99 percent of the population right. doesn't get right exactly yeah and, and i mean and i think when players are juniors in high school i kind of try to give them this realization that not everybody is a D1 basketball player because everybody goes into getting the scholarships. Like, I want the best scholarship that there is to get. Well, that's it's something that I never realized until just a couple of years ago, which I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch basketball that often. But something I never realized, I, I something happened in a draft or 
something, but um, I realized like shit on each NBA team only has what twelve guys on the roster. Twelve on the roster. I think you got three reserves, so fifteen on the roster so altogether. Fifteen people per team make the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like that's thirty. That teams. is minuscule compared to most other sports. Four hundred fifty players altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is that is one of the most elite goals to set for for anybody. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. mean, even even with hockey having five players on it, or six players on the ice at a time, they still have you know a roster of you know twenty plus, right? You know, because of all the line changes and yeah. all that. But I never realized until that point that, like, holy shit! Like, what thirty two teams? Yeah. 32 teams, 15 players, oh, 12 plus three reserves. Right. So we'll say we'll say 15 being, right. you know, shit, we'll say 20 being generous. Right. Like that's, that is. 600. It's crazy it, to think of, yeah. like, getting to that level. Like having, you know, as a high school player, how many high school players are there every year? And then you dwindle it down to how many college, college players. players there are a year. And then you go to a pinpoint. Yeah, it's, it ended up being like, I think it's like a, I have this somewhere. In my phone is a, a picture with the mathematics of what this is from the, yeah. from the year 2020. Like all the way down, like how many college students, how many high school students was, how many college students was, to how many NBA players was. The percentage is it's less than one percent. Yeah. <laughs> so the chance, like, shit. How many people get invited every year to try out? Man, I mean, and a tryout for a summer league team is not even a tryout for a, a NBA team. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying in general, like, how many how many people get get the opportunity to even try out? Uh, it's still, I could only imagine a minuscule number compared to. Yeah, all together, I would say to try out for a summer league team. How many get to try out? Yeah. Probably a hundred per team. No, a hundred. Period. Yeah, because most of the team is going to be picked out already. Ah. they're just going to be choosing players, and they're like, "Yeah, let's bring in like these four. We only got one spot, but we're going to bring in these four to try outs for for it." Wow, you that's <laughs> so. That's <laughs> it's obviously a pretty fucking extreme goal to yeah. set for anybody uh, and yes I can I can understand well I probably can't understand the feeling of having your goal set that high and getting so close but being able to come to the realization on your own without having anybody to tell you like I'm- I'm definitely a realist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't try to sugarcoat stuff for myself because I don't want to, like, expect something that, I mean, uh, I'm a great dreamer. Yeah. And I can go for the dream and I can see realization and still shoot for the dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's part of what pushed me as a professional athlete. Like, I want to be the best. And if I can't be the best, I'm going to be the best where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what, that's how I felt like when I was in the cranes as well. Like I hated running yeah. cranes every day, but 
I'm you know, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna do it, and you're right. gonna do it to the best of your abilities. Right. I, I want the, my relief to come in and be like, "Thank you for setting me up." Yeah. I want the line downstairs to say, "You did good today." Yeah. That's okay. You know that that's definitely a good feeling, like having <laughs> having the mechanics or the the role builders, like right. You know, hey, at least you know we don't have to worry about anything when you're up there. Right. It's like, wow. All right. right. Cool. That's a good feeling. I, I right. appreciate right. that. You know. So, um, I mean, my dad taught me it. I mean, that's how I should approach every aspect of my life. So, yeah. I mean, I ain't going to say that I'm always trying to compete, but compete to be the better version of myself constant every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but, um, what about coaching? Um, you plan on leaving Michigan City eventually or? That is the question. <laughs> um, was it? What was it? Was it your head coach that got another position, or was it? A- no, it was the other assistant coach. So, okay. um, crazy story. Michigan City had the same coach for ten years. Uh, finally, Parted ways. Yeah, parted ways, however you want to say it nicely. Parted ways. Looking for a new coach. They bring in the coach from LaPorte High School, who is the arch rival of Michigan City. (laughs) So, I mean, his story is that uh, he got relieved of his duties because a parent of a player who was on the school board didn't like the way he was coaching. Got him fired. Won't go into that situation anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got him, got him relieved of his duties. I say he got him yeah. fired. Got him relieved yeah. of his duties. So he took a year off and he refed in between. He became a referee the year in between ref games, and then got the job at Michigan City. The first two people he called was me and a guy who's a year younger than me that I played with in high school, played against in college. He's been coaching at Westville for a few years. Named Antonio Hurt. Uh, one of my better friends. I ain't going to say my best friend, you know, but but he probably listening right You know, whenever you post it, he going to be listening because that's what he do. Yeah. But, um, one of my Support real good. each other. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's my brother for sure. He, uh, yeah, he got called too. And we were like, this is a no brainer. We'll both do it. You pay us half the salary, whatever it is. We're, we'll both come in and coach. We both want to be part. So they brought us both in as assistant coaches which you really don't see two assistant coaches two varsity assistant coaches in high school basketball no. because most programs don't have a salary for it which we didn't we took half salaries no. and uh we just wanted to be around the we really just want Michigan City to win a sectional and if we can't play and do it we, you're going to coach and we're going to coach we're going to coach the team to do it and train the team to do it and that's how we want to push it but uh more I would say more so than mine, Bud has the dreams of being a head coach. Um, coaching was never really in the plan for me at all. I never wanted to get into it. The whole time I played, like, people would ask me, you going to get into coaching? Like, no, not yeah. at all. I don't want to do it. F them kids. Are you glad you did? I am glad I did. Seems um, like it. it. I mean, it's really, I tried to stay away from it for the year, and I just wanted to get back to basketball. Like, I didn't even want to play. I just wanted to be around the sport. And I like training more than I like coaching. I'm not a 
the biggest fan of watching basketball all the time. Like, I can't lock into a whole game all the time. But when I'm sitting on the sideline, I lock into the game all the time. Yeah. But, uh, like, it's hard for me to always sit at home and watch film and, excuse me, break down film and stuff like that because I don't always enjoy watching basketball. But over the years, it's been my job. So I've watched enough basketball that I can, you know, it's a job. I can, yeah. I can get my way through it. But, uh. Yeah, I've definitely found a lot of joy, and I'm on a continuous hunt of learning how to do this coaching thing. <laughs> I hear that I'm a decent coach, but I just I don't feel it. Yet. Yeah, you know, I don't feel comfortable. It's not what I'm used to doing. Just like uh, this summer, I start trying to get into this reffing thing a little bit. Like I don't, I don't know if I see myself as a coach long term. Maybe a ref, but I might be. A ref. But I don't know. If no? my, my girlfriend can't deal deal with that schedule. No, no, because they're every other. I mean, refing game, co- coaching games. I mean, yeah, you have practice every day, but refing games, you're in a different city every other night. Yeah, coming home late. You know, seven o'clock games, getting home at ten. Got to be at work. You know, I wake up for work at three forty-five. Yeah, on days. And you got you got two two one, now, right? One. Is it one? Just one. Just a little two-and-a-half-year-old. Almost three, yeah. three in November. So. She's a handful. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that, that is the the most rewarding headache that I have in no my life shit. every day. No shit. It that's, is awesome, man. It, it doesn't take a lot for it to be rewarding either. No. It, it, it could be the most stressful day between you and the kid all day long, and then... One little smart ass comment, man. Just like, all right, yeah, <laughs> right. you got me, right? <laughs> the right little dad, yeah. Just any, any yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you know, like the the other night, uh, completely out of the blue, like you know, putting my kid to bed, my my five year old, um, and he said, "Dad, we're you know, what are what are bad dreams?" And it's like, oh, uh, I, uh, he asked me, "What kind of bad dreams do you have?" It's like. Uh, really don't know. I, I guess one bad dream that you could you might be able to relate to is you know, a, you know, you're falling off a building and then you wake up right before you hit. Right. You know that, that I think that's a dream that just about everybody has. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, but the next night, whether he had it or not, he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I had a dream last night that I was falling, but I didn't wake up." It's like, well, but you did wake up. You know, but like little <laughs> shit like that. It's like you know that. The little sponges, right? You know they right. they they make it like all right. Yeah. Every time I realize, like she says something, and I realize, like man, she really learning like fast. Like it's always a wow, proud moment. Yeah. Even though it could have been the the worst thing that she learned, you know what I mean? But yep. <laughs> it's like she's learning. She's really grasping something every day. Yeah. And but that's you know I got I got two now. My daughter's eight months old. Yeah. And so now I'm right back into the, uh, you know, look watching all the little shit that she learns mm-hmm. and making every day a good day. Right. You know, that's that's what it is. But I, that's, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, coach or ref and you look at the schedules, it's, you know, weighing the pros and cons. Um, definitely have to make sure that the family's happy and uh I can only assume that that's that's the real goal is to 
do whatever you have to do to make the family happy and right. keep the keep the family strong, happy together. Right. And you know, if that means all right, I'm I'm going to coach instead of ref. That's one of those things that you gotta you gotta weigh out so, for sure. That's I'm, I mean, I'm gonna. I really want the athletic director job. And I'm not saying that to come for the current athletic director. I just, like I said, I don't really like watching basketball. And I honestly think that the coach that just left and went to Arizona is a better in-game coach than I am. Yeah. And he wants it more. So now what, what exactly is an athletic director? Is that over all sports? So, definitely different from coaching. So, back up. I went to college, Bethel College. Got a degree in business administration. I meant to ask a while ago what you went to college yeah. for. but Business administration with a minor in sports management. Well, business administration with a focus in advertising and marketing and a minor, minor in sports management. So, business sports is what I do. It's what I'm pretty decent at. You know what yeah. I mean? So... Um, athletic directors do schedules, handle insurance for all teams, handle uh, transportation, funding, you know, for athletic programs, um, any outside source or any outside people that want to use gym time or whatever, you know, it's just the management of sports facilities and sports teams Okay, throughout the year. And it's, it's a whole job, you know? Yeah. Uh, for me it put when I think of uh, uh, athletic director for Michigan City High School it's kind of putting me in charge of sports in my city for the future you know what I mean like I said for me Michigan City I mean we've won sectionals in sports but we haven't won sectionals in major sports football basketball yeah girls basketball boys basketball or football since the consolidation in 1995 or 96 whatever year it was we haven't won a sectional in the major sports since then and that's i mean that's what i want to build like i know not saying that the current ad isn't because i think he's done a great job of turning michigan city sports around but more than anything else i want to see michigan city sports succeed yeah i don't have a alternative motive not saying that the current one does again i like craig shaman Great guy, great mentor. Above everything else, I want to see Michigan City succeed. Yeah. And and I want to see it. We've had situations in the past where we had a lot of outsourcing going on in our school. Coaches going out trying to recruit after that became not. Re, I ain't going to say recruit, but finding talent. <laughs> no. Michigan City, whatever you want to call it. Like Michigan City has enough. Like, I'm proud of my city. I'm proud of where I came from. Michigan City has enough, and I want to prove that Michigan City can do it with Michigan City. Yeah. We don't need... So, how far out do you see... Who man. The football team is close. We're going to have a good football team this year. Um, basketball team, I think we have... <laughs> the best player in the region right now. Yeah? Yeah. That's a bold statement. With with two best, up with best, two best player in the region. Oh no 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 no! Let me take that back. I got, I'm gonna take it back that statement because okay. I just thought of another 
great player. I know who the best player in the region well, is. Well, all right, his, so, so his, we got one one of the best players in the top region. Five. Top five players in the region. Top five players in the region. He's a junior. Team behind him or no? Because there's you, – you could have the star on a team without anybody to back him up. We have a good supporting cast. Yeah. And I will not say what our weakness is. I – wouldn't want you to. Actually, not enough people listen. We, we don't have a big man. Everybody knows it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not. A, it's not a secret. It's been our problem for the last three years. We don't. We haven't had any size in Michigan City. Is it? Is it? Okay, so size isn't necessarily. I, I can't. We can't teach something. Size. That, yeah. We have skill. We have defense. We have players that work their butts off, and we keep finding more somehow. Like they just nonstop workaholics and. It's hard to compete with a Valpo team that puts out a point guard that's six two and a team that's over six foot. Like everybody else is over six six. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. You got to start in five over six foot, and it's hard to compete with that. When yeah. like you have one player in your starting lineup that's over six foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and two years in, a, I mean, two years ago, we definitely made a statement without having a player over six four on our team. Uh, ended up, I think, second in the DAC, uh, best record in school history yeah. in Michigan City. And then last year coming up, falling a little bit short, we kind of, our best player got injured right after Christmas. And our team went into uh, panic mode. And we came out, we came out okay at the end of the season. It just kind of, we lost our way halfway through the season because the one player, the person who was carrying most of the load got injured. Yeah. So uh, this year, Jamie Hodges, our best player, will be good. Yeah. He will be very good. And he has a very supportive, defensive-minded uh, uh, crew around him. So high school is high school. Yep. And you're clearly naming the best player on a team. Hmm. The other players, uh, do you have – attitudes or personalities that would contradict that or i think, I think last year does did. everybody kind of understand like this is the dude yeah last year i think we had a little bit of that issue where nobody he was only a sophomore even the year before when he was a freshman like nobody wants the freshman to come in and be the star yeah but he's so good like he's like it's almost undeniable if you got it, you got it. If you got it, you got it. Yeah. But it, it was people ahead of him that just didn't want to believe that. And they just didn't want that to be true. And they felt like it was their time to shine. Mainly because they were seniors. Both both years. Two, year, two years ago and last year. Because they were seniors, they felt like it was their time. Yeah. Like, you would have benefited a lot more. Working together. Right. If you would have just let him be the star, and you'd be the Robin. Let him be Batman. You could be Robin. Yeah. Robin, his name is in the title. <laughs> you know what, dude? Like that—that that, that is a—that is a fantastic way to look at it. You know, I—I you know? I always like it's—it's it's been my my talk with our second best player the last two years. Like it's okay to be Robin. Yeah, like Batman and Ro- you are recognized. That that or uh, after after everyone was done taking the test today, like you know we're we're outside and uh, somebody mentioned having a low score, and I asked him. I said, you know what they call a doctor that graduates at the bottom of his class? A doctor. doctor. Yes. That's. Yes. You know, take take pride in the fact that you're a doctor. You know, know that, you know, if somebody else is going to help 
above you, then support. Right. You know? So, with, with my team being so small, I tried to stress the importance to them that not so much their skill, but their knowledge would get them into the next level. Them showing that they're capable of playing a smart basketball game will get them to the next level. Yeah. That's not what a senior in high school wants to hear, nor what he sees getting, you know, all on Insta media. I mean, social media and everything. That's, that's not what they see. They see people scoring points and getting big blocks and stuff like Yeah. Yeah, that's them. That's, that's the top players in the country. That's not how you're going to get a scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> if you try to, you're not capable of that. So if you try to look, do that, you just look bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess that's another way to look at it as, as a senior is, you know, if, if I support this guy, is that going to give me a better chance to get in a, a scholarship than trying to outshine him? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, I'm talking. So now with this kid that we have that's so good, uh, Jamie, with the attention that comes around him, I'm now trying to tell younger players, if you can show you can be his wingman, the same coach that's looking at him is going to start looking at you. (laughs) The spotlight might not be directly on you. No, but but you're you're there. Yeah, you can get in it a little bit. You can kind of start to turn it towards you. You know what I mean? So, And I think that's really... That's really a, a selling point going into this year. Well, not a, a selling point. It's really a, a main point for a lot of our players going into this year. Like, this this is our guy, and you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I mean, if you're I, – I don't want to say subpar. I just can't think of a better way to say it. But, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not number one and you're number four, but you have number one to, to help out, like right. to help raise up, I mean, you know, it, you're you're showing that you're a good team player. Right. You're showing that you right. have the ethic. You know, you're, you're showing that you. Uh, and this this year, more than other years that we had in the past, is definitely going to be like, know your role, show you know your role, or somebody else is going to take that can, role. Can take the role. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, Cause, I mean, we're going to be a young team. I think. <laughs> 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 I, I think, I mean, we're, so we, we just came out of a situation, our best player, Jamie, um, he's had two great seasons at Michigan City. He's top 10 and all-time leading scorer at Michigan City High School after two years. I mean, he's a really good player. Yeah. He's probably going to, if he continues to play at, well, at, at one point in the summer, he decided that he was going to a prep school in Fort Wayne. He recently decided that he's not going to the prep school in Fort Wayne, so he's staying at Michigan City. If he finishes this year at, as well as he played last year, he'll probably be second in scoring in Michigan City high school history, breaking the record within his first five games of his senior year. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's impressive. It, that's I mean, he's that – he's – uh, undeniable talent and this is he's naturally gifted he has a naturally gifted IQ of basketball he sees the game the right way naturally yeah. and his will to be better than the person across from him 
is just sky high. <laughs> so how what what is it like being the coach to a player like that? It's hard. It, it it's more hard because the people around him off the court, you know what I mean, that try to pump his head up, make him seem like he's somebody bigger than he is, which he's a great player and we can't deny that. But I think the best moment came last year. We lost to South Bend Riley in the South in the sectional semifinal. And the star on that team, uh um Blake Wesley, who's going to Notre Dame next year, came up to Jamie. Jamie was crying on the bench. He won't be mad that I said that. <laughs> and Blake came up behind him and grabbed him and said, You're uh you dang, what did he say? I forgot. It was something about your work ethic has to be higher than your talent level. Okay. Whatever he said was more smooth than that, but that was the point that he was trying yeah. to get out. Like, you have to work way harder than how good you are. You know what yeah. I mean? Trying to tell him, like, how hard you have to work. And, I mean, this kid's on the end of the bench, close game, fought back, full tears on the end of the bench. And with all the celebrating that's going on on the other side, he took out his time to come down, find him, yeah. and tell him that. Like, for me to see that, it was like, okay, you already just played a great game and beat us, but for you to take time to come down here to tell this sophomore yeah. <laughs> that pretty much you next up, bro, and you got to keep working. Like, don't think that you're good enough already. Keep getting better because yeah. you got a whole nother level that you got to go to. It was like it meant a lot to me. To see him say that, and I shouted him out on Instagram or whatever because of it, but I hope that he took that to heart. Yeah. I didn't really see it this summer, but I, <laughs> 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 I hope that he took it to heart. I mean, he had a great AAU season. Jamie had a great AAU season. I just didn't see the work that he was putting in so yeah. much. But at the same time, he already made it clear that at first he wasn't coming back to our school. He thought he was going elsewhere, so he could have been working out anywhere else, but besides with us yeah even though i opened up the door you know i still extended the olive branch to him but it just wasn't with me yeah so i just hope they were still working out a whole lot this summer but he came and played the other night he looked pretty good so i ain't too mad at it yeah i mean i just think right now in this preseason my focus on is on uh grades yeah for anybody for really really all the athletes because i think it's easy as a coach to accept average grades when you're trying to get wins, when you're focused yeah. on winning, winning games, you know what I mean? Like, man, if you just don't get this 1.5 so you can be eligible so we can focus on on-field on stuff instead of off-field stuff. Like, I understand the concept because you're hired to win games. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's more important for a kid to try his best, not just get a 1.5, to actually learn and retain what you're learning in high school, which isn't that hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know in, what I mean? In hindsight. In, hi in hindsight, like, it, it's not that hard. But. That's the biggest thing I tell my kids. Like, it's not that hard. Like, yeah. you're really just focused on the wrong. You're too worried about what the person behind you is trying to tell you. Yeah. What you're, whatever you're texting on your phone, now that they allow phones in classrooms, like, you're too worried about that and not just pay attention to what the teacher talking yeah. about. Just look up at her. Yeah. You don't even got to take notes. That's, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I dropped out my senior year. Uh, I ended up trying to go back in Indiana. They wouldn't let me because I was 18 when I dropped out. 
so I ended up going to North Carolina to live with my uncle to finish high school. Wow. And I found out I was going to have to go to summer school to graduate. So, and I missed my girlfriend at the time. So I dropped out again. <laughs> but um, it's like I, I was li- like literally right before you pulled up. Like, you know, I'm right. talking to my dad on the porch and, uh, you know, obviously talking about the, the test at work and, you know, pass the test. And um, I actually got the highest grade in the class. So, and he he asked me, he said, you know, not not that I mean any disrespect or anything. He's like, but when was the last time you were able to say that? I said, never. I said, never. In high school, I never mm. was, you know, tested like that. I said, but, you know, in high school, I never cared to, to do well. You know, um, I was never good at taking tests in high school. But everything I've done after high school, I've done well, tested well, right. and learned well, paid attention well. Uh, and it's like, you know, it was because I, it, everything after high school was something I wanted to do, not something that I had right. to do. Right. And <clears throat> not that I regret anything, but, you know, again, like I said, hindsight High school's not that hard. Right. You know, uh, if I would have put forth a little bit more effort, who knows? But at the same time, I wouldn't be where I am today with the family that I have. Right. And to me, that's everything. Right. You know, uh, I don't regret anything that I've done, no matter how stupid, how ridiculous. (laughs) It's led me to where I am now. Right. And that makes me fucking happy. I hear that. You know, I hear that. But yeah, man, I think, I think that the, uh, being able to go to the process of finding what you want and then being able to go for it is what's missing. And you asked the school, um, program, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was fortunate enough, I mean, to live in Sweden and live and see firsthand was uh, called the best school system in the world right now. Yeah. And uh, you have a program where kids go to school starting at four or five years old all the way till they're 15 and pretty much being done with high school at 15 years old. And from 15 to 18, you see um, three different vocational classes, one a year. Um, where they get to try different things out, whether it's painting, engineering, electrical, makeup, huh. hair. Like, it's a million different areas they can go into as vocational training that they do for half a day. And then they go to another half a day of, well, they have a class a day that's like personal finance, world <laughs> world history, you know what I mean? It's like stuff like this that you're 15, 16, or 16, 17, 18 year old. You're not at school learning math and you're, whatever anymore. You're, you're learning life skills. Adulthood. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then usually these kids don't stop there and go straight to college. They take gap years. They get jobs. Yeah. They take three years, travel the world, see what they want to do. And then they like come back and like, Okay, I'm going to go to college for this because this is yeah. what I want to do. And you see better test scores, better like it's you know they're not they're not 
that, being forced into exactly any particular style it, or it's it's hard expectations from, from being an 18 year old at one point in my life and dealing with 18 year olds now it's hard for me to believe that an 18 year old knows anything especially boys that they want to do at 18 years old yeah you're telling them to make a life decision i couldn't tell you how many times i've changed my mind I should have been in college for at least eight years. <laughs> you know, like still trying to decide what I yeah. want to do at the end yeah. of it. Business, I like making money, so business seems smart to me at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, like, it's really hard for me to see that like an eighteen-year-old has a grasp on what they want to do for the rest of their life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also like we also force kids to through twelve years of schooling knowing they don't have the attention span <laughs> to keep going and doing the same thing yeah. every day. It's it's a I'm not gonna say it's a failing program, but at some point like low It's at pro- least partially failing. Yeah, it's partially failing, but the programs that are doing bad continue to get worse. Mm-hmm. And the programs that are good I guess right now they're kinda of stalling because they're losing funding all over the yeah. place. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if they're getting better, but like the good programs like you know, they keep getting more funding than the worst schools. That's that's one thing. I'm, I don't know if you saw a post that I made about a month and a half ago. It was about the community getting behind students and grades. If really, I mean, really, I think it's a parent problem and not a community problem. Yeah. Um, parents expect teachers to be parents. Yeah. They they expect teachers to make their kids do homework. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they expect teachers to make their kids behave in class. They expect teachers to make the kids show up. No, you're the parent. It's the, your, it's the, your the, job. The, the teacher is not the babysitter. Right. You know. Right. And like I said, that was the thing that I didn't expect to get into as a coach. Yeah. Was learning how to parent teenagers at the same time. Because that's definitely 60% of the job is, is being a... Uh, a positive, hopefully a positive figure in these young men's life, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just always, it's always something else to think about. (laughs) All right. So, uh, let's see, approaching two and a half hours. Right. So I can't let you go with me not being a big basketball fan, but, Knowing the debate, I can't let you go without hearing your opinion. Jordan versus LeBron. I was going to add Kobe, too. Oh, and Kobe, too. But, I mean, obviously, you knew the question before I was going to ask it. Jordan so. the GOAT, man. That's not even a question. Reasons? <laughs> um, I will say Jordan is the greatest player ever. Before we get into reasons, Jordan is the greatest player ever. Kobe is the most skilled player ever. LeBron is the best all-around basketball player that ever played basketball. All right. Um, LeBron is missing Jordan and Kobe's mentality. He, he, he wants to do it. Yeah. But if he really wanted to win, he has the body to do it. He has the skill to do it. He just chooses not to do it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like if you want it, like when Jordan wanted to take over a game, he took over the game. Yeah, 
He was taking the shot. The shot was going to go in. Kobe wanted to take over a game. He took over the game. He stole the ball. He put the ball in the basket. Jordan, same way. When, you know, LeBron, want, he want to win a game. He might pass it. <laughs> <laughs> he might pass. Which the pass might be the right play to make. That's I was going to say, you know, is but is it the right move or yeah. is it the wrong move? It's it's the right it's the right play to make. But if you in the conversation to being that great one, you, you make, make it, you make, you make it, it happen. happen. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the exact right thing. That you make it happen. Yeah. Whatever it is, you make it happen. And that's what that's one thing Jordan always did that LeBron doesn't always do. Make it happen. So that's where that conversation just kind of dies with me. But as far as LeBron is the basketball, what Mayweather is the boxing. He plays the game the right way. Like Mayweather got a whole lot of wins and people hate the way he fight, but he got all those wins for a reason because he knows what he's doing. LeBron, he might, he might not be the overwhelming goat of the game, but he is top tens in rebounds, assists, points, (laughs) steals. You know what I mean? Like you can't mark, you cannot deny his name, the mark that he made on the game. At the highest level that you can play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even, I mean, I, w- I would say, okay, now this is me kind of being cocky, but at my college, I wasn't number one. I didn't finish number one in scoring. I Where'd you go? Bethel College in South Bend. Yeah. NAIA school and a small school. Um, I wasn't number one in scoring, but I was number two. I wasn't number one in rebounding, but I was number two. <laughs> I wasn't number one in blocks, but I was number three, you know, up there in steals, up there in field goal percentage, up there in a whole lot of stuff, field goals made, whatever. I wasn't number one in anything. I was top five in a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Jersey still retired, like all the other greats at the school, you know what I mean? NAI All-American. I was recognized as the best NAI player in the country when I played in college. I got... It doesn't mean anything that I wasn't number one. Yeah. But the effect that I had on the game and the school is still, you know what I mean? That's awesome. Knowing the same. And that's kind of how I feel about LeBron. Like, he, he's not the best, but he deserves he deserves the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can you, respect that. You, you can play with the conversation, but at the end of the day, it's, like, it's Jordan. Come on, man. He he doesn't have losses in any finals that he's ever played. <laughs> yeah. He's won every championship game that he's ever played in. Yeah. Like you can't you can't that's a winner's mentality. Yeah. You know? So All right, man. I think that's a good spot to end it. Cool. So this I appreciate you coming on. I'm glad we were able to make it happen finally. Hey man, so. me too. I I appreciate that. This is cool. No. Couple more years, maybe you have me back out. I'd be a head coach, and we can have a whole other conversation. Doesn't have to be a couple years, but <laughs> you know, I'm always down. It's right. like you know, like I said earlier, it's just the schedule. Right. So I hear you, man. All right. Appreciate Thanks, dude. It. No problem, man. All right, there you have it. That's Big Will. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that conversation, and hopefully, I have something else coming up soon. Uh, who knows? Maybe me and my brother. We'll do an episode while he's in town if we get the time. So until then, see you next time.